0: Boy, I'll tell you, Duncan. I am glad to be out of that cabin.
1: I'm glad that you come out of that cabin, and I'm glad that you also showered, both. Yeah, well, it, uh,
0: once I I realized where we were headed, you know, you gotta you gotta make a good impression, and and here we are on our way back to Westworld for another uh, another rodeo, as it were.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to go home. I mean, I mean, uh, I can't wait to go back on holiday. Vacation <laughs> ball, vacation.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's like uh, Westworld has become a home away from home of sorts. And I am looking forward to getting back there, digging into the uh, the story of the hosts and uh, and, and Ford and Bernard and uh, just everybody, the whole gang. I mean, they they, they almost feel like uh, I know, you know.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking sun. I'm thinking sand. I'm thinking margarita's bowl. And no dangerous predicaments involving weapons and runaway robots.
0: Ah, your lips to a robot god's ear, Duncan. Here it is, the station.
2: Drop it. Duncan and both come correct.
0: Well, you're the one who seems perplexed why I might be using good old H2O.
1: Well, I'm just saying that (laughs) five minutes ago, our listeners would not have heard you choke (laughs) on drinking water. (laughs) It was... (laughs)
0: I I had myself <laughs> had myself on a little, little accident.
1: <laughs> I thought you were drowning. You were like, Aah. you were like, <laughs> like in home and uh, a. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I was
1: like, what's he doing?
0: You have my sympathies, Duncan. <laughs> um, hey, everyone, welcome back to Duncan and Bo go to Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> Your one-stop shop for all things robot cowboys. Mm, yeehaw! <laughs> Ye- yeehaw! Indeed, Duncan. Uh, <laughs> before Before we get into Westworld, though, uh, because we do uh, have a format on this show, um, we're
1: loose format. It's It's
0: a format. It's something to hang your hat on.
1: It's as loose as Bose models and pants
0: (laughs) uh that couldn't be truer today duncan (laughs) it's it's my day off i've been doing prep for shows all day Mm -hmm. oh the sweats are on (laughs) (laughs) the the most activity i've had today besides making notes on movies and whatnot is cooking lunch
1: (laughs) oh what did you have
0: uh i had just some pasta Yeah, and then and then I took a nap. It wore me out. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: a lot of carbs, man.
0: Yeah, carb lunches
1: are a bad idea. Will make you tired and sleep in the afternoon.
0: Sure. Well, but I, you know, on my days off, that's kind of what I enjoy though. is I get up about you know five five thirty in the morning, and I kind of get to work pretty quickly, and I like to work until about one or two, and then have like a forty five minute or so cat nap. In the middle of the day, and then you know I'm up. Siesta, as, yeah. as
1: the Spanish call it. So yeah,
0: I I like it. I like a siesta. It, it I wake up refreshed. I feel great. Like I was telling you, I got a couple of recordings to do tonight, and uh, uh, I feel energized. I feel excited. I'm emotionally erect.
1: <laughs> and so much information.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, valuable information, I I would say. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> so, uh folks, I I I think have been uh excited for us to to head back to Westworld. Westworld was was a good time. It's been almost 2 years since the the show was on the air.
1: It's so crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and so I, I want to start with an important question that was raised uh by one one of our listeners, a friend of the show, Joseph Petrucciello.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and he uh mentioned on the on the Facebook group. He says, uh Brimley as the man in black, amazing. Brimley as a sheriff host, epic. Brimley as Ford, transcends. <laughs> now,
1: I, I <laughs> there's no guarantees that Brimley will make an appearance this season. Oh, I kind of, oh. I kind of want him to but I don't know. At the moment, I, I finished that first episode, and I there wasn't much Brimley to hang my hat on. I get the feeling as it as the show unfolds, it will very easily be latched on to maybe one or two characters. It might bounce around. Um, it's done that before in the past. I didn't think that it was out of like our our ode to Brimley. Could be, it could be that when we finally get to to Shogun World, um, that in Shogun World there was maybe a Tajimura town. Um, right? Which, a,
0: which, a real <laughs> Konichiwa, goddamn kind oh, of situation.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, 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 hoping that like all the characters talk like that, because um, that would make me happy. Because there's a glitch in the code, so <laughs> right? Genki desu ka? Watashi <laughs> <laughs> ha? yeah iya? Goddamn
0: <laughs> oh, EA I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said
1: yeah I'll kind of hope we'll get there I think the thing that's exciting me Bo about this is that we legitimately were spoiled I mean like I, I can't stress enough how yeah it did take us about a year to get through Twin Peaks but that that Twin Peaks return season was legitimately we both agreed on this some of the best tv i think we're ever likely to see as human beings i would love to think that like shows are going to transcend that but I, I just can't see it. at the moment that is like it's a very very high benchmark and there is there is a chance that true detective could come back and recapture previous glory considering the players involved in that season when it drops next year but we're in the here and now now, in 2018, and we're returning to Westworld, a season of TV that came out, like you say, almost two years ago, that we... I mean, we. to be honest, you clocked a lot of what the theories were a lot quicker than I did. Um, and a lot of them played out the way we thought they were going to play out. But I finished one of, one of the greatest cliffhangers, I thought, in, in kind of modern TV history... And then they were like that, yeah, we're not coming back for a year and a half. Thanks, bye. Um, and I was like, No. <laughs> and it's purely because the scale and the budget is is become the it's what they're they're doing on the off time of Game of Thrones. And this is the show they've already said will be HBO's Game of Thrones moving forward, which means that they see a longevity to this into the four, five, six season mark. And that's dangerous because we've only had one season, right? And we don't have, like, George R. R. Martin in the background with, you know, a plethora of books already written that we can... We have finished the story arc of season one and now we're really in the, the undiscovered country. We can go anywhere or do anything and not really be beholden to anything except the stories being penned by the two central show writers, um and showrunners. So... Like expectations being high for this season are a fucking understatement. This to me, I've already kind of hung my hat as you know. This could very well be the best TV we see this year. You know what I mean? I know you're watching the terror, and you're telling me that it's there. The terror's up there already, and I can't wait to get into that. But Westworld to me is the one that I'm like, yeah, this. I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to be wowed. I'm ready to be awed. I'm ready to to rejoin characters that I thought were incredible um, in an environment which, I mean, we've spoken about this before as well. I am not really into westerns. I like a few, but I'm not really into them. And things set in the Wild West, even though it has the sci-fi bent to it, um, for the most part, it doesn't really do it for me. But I was hooked. On season one of Westworld, so I think where we are just now is in a place where anything can go, and that makes me excited. I I I love this idea that we are like back at ground zero. We've got this great story that's led us here, but the way of the way I've heard this already described is: imagine you're watching Jurassic Park, right? Sitting back. It was, nu, 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 Welcome nu, to nu,
0: Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Spared no expense. <laughs> you're watching that, right? Imagine like season one of Westworld is basically everything up until the power goes out. Right? And season two is that big stretch where the T Rex is free. Uh you know, Nidri gets attacked by the creature in the vehicle that spits on them and then eats him. Um, you know, imagine that's where we are now and that's the most exciting bit of Jurassic Park so we are entering what could be the most exciting element of Westworld we've got fucking robots with the safeties off that can just do whatever they want they can kill humans we've got oh I I just I am I am so excited about this that I I don't know where I, I genuinely even after watching this first episode I was like there is so much built up and I know there's so much still to come um, that I I, I think it's safe to say that I have not been this excited about a TV show coming back um, since I was going to say Twin Peaks and to be honest Twin Peaks to me we got into Twin Peaks season three but we'd done that huge journey towards it I was like yeah it's gonna be really good but I've still had that nasty taste of season two you know, kind of kick around. I was like, "Yeah, if it comes back and it does half as well as it did before, i will be a great experience." And it became amazing. But to me, it was like True Detective season two. You remember the high we rode into? Yeah. That second season, yeah. Where we were just like, "This could be." That first season was like the apex, the top of what TV is, and we were rolling it. That second season, going this, this could be like we've got, we've got unconventional casting. Um, we've got like that first episode. We were both sitting going. This is like legit, there's a crowhead fucking killer. This is legit amazing. And we finished it and we thought it was a good series of TV, but it kind of deflated. It didn't become the thing we wanted.
0: We got it right in the pooper. You got that right, Duncan.
1: Yeah, Westworld season two could go the same way. It could go the same way, but I am supremely confident. I'm so confident that they're already starting to find a direction for this that we're going to get into when we start talking about the episode. That I think if you're a, a fan of TV, then you need to be a fan of Westworld. Like you just like by default, you need to be a fan of Westworld. And I love being able to sit here and and watch episodic TV, one episode a week, because that's the way it's supposed to be. God damn it, um, just delivered to me and the. the the kind of the the almost junky like twitches of wanting that next episode and knowing I have to wait seven fucking days to see it, bo. It's it's oh man, I, I I genuinely this is the most excited I've been to like kick off a new season of Duncan and Bo, and I don't know how long I can't fucking wait for this, bo. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, titto. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know about No, I I uh I don't know. My my enthusiasm level going into this season I think is fairly measured. Mm. Um and uh yeah, we'll get into it when we talk about the show. Like I I'm I I think there are some some things said in this episode that make me believe that this show could be wildly ambitious. Mm-hmm. And if it if it heads the direction I think it is, uh, and and some of the things that we might see on this show, then yeah. Anyway, we'll get into it. I know I'm talking around it. It's just like, hey, hey, if there's this vague idea that I'm not spe- specifically referring to, could be good. So anyway. Well we'll talk about it in, in very uh very much detail here in a minute. Um but Duncan, we like to begin with a discussion of uh of what we've been watching. And actually I'm gonna I'm gonna tangent us uh one more time before we do
1: Ooh, that. Right tangent. Uh,
0: so I put I put this out there and I, I, I wanna ask the question more broadly to listeners of, of this year programme. Um, we did the audio commentary for Blood Simple. You mm-hmm. may recall us discussing that movie for about two hours.
1: yeah, it was excellent. It was like probably my favorite commentary I've ever done so I've done a few so yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was it was very fun and uh, so you know some people on uh on the facebook uh Duncan were saying um, that they enjoyed it, and I, I sort of put out the question. Well, and do, do you prefer uh, the commentaries or like the, a, a limited run season? Because after True Detective comes around, it's probably going to be a while before there's you know another Westworld season. And yeah. and, and yeah, so,
1: realistically, yeah, And yeah. Unless there's, and, and we, I mean, we've already said by the time Westworld will be finishing, we'll have that corn brothers limited run before the end of the year. And yes. then True Detective, I think the way they're talking, it's um I, I think it may be January or February, now don't quote me on that, but I think it's January or February twenty nineteen. And you we yeah, you're right. It's gonna be twenty twenty before we see Westworld. Just in the way they're doing things. It takes about a year and a half for them to film it all now. So um so yeah we're gonna have a big gap.
0: So Rather than do, I don't, you know, piecemeal episodes or, or, or uh, piecemeal seasons or mini series or some shit like that, um, I, I post the question, hey, what if we just kind of did some of these commentaries and dropped mm-hmm. them at, you know, regular intervals between the seasons? And then, you know, if it's going to be like six months, then we'll figure something else out. But yeah. Uh, and, and people seem to respond to it. And, and the reason I bring it up here is to say... Uh, hey, listeners, if, uh, that's kind of, I think our plan moving forward is to build the gaps in between seasons with, uh, some, some fairly regularly spaced commentaries. And if that sounds okay to you, uh, cool. But if not, let me know. Shoot me Mm -hmm. a a message. Uh, or Duncan, uh, you can, you can bother him about it as well. (laughs) So. Nice book. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, look. We're in this together, man. Um, this is, a, a a journey that we have, we have taken together. It is, uh, you know, we are nearing, we are not quite there. Uh, I think maybe by the end of Westworld of a hundred episodes of, of this show uh, in various forms. Really? Yeah. We're, we're pretty close.
1: Holy fucking shit.
0: Yeah. That's well, right.
1: Like yeah, Twin Peaks did have like a million episodes.
0: <laughs> right. We we put out a ton of Twin Peaks, but we also had, you know, uh 2-3 seasons of the movie specific show. Yeah. And and True Detective in Twin Peaks and uh uh the season 10 of The X-Files.
1: Yep. Thank fuck we avoided season 11, by the way. Did you see the reviews? It
0: looked terrible. Uh, I am very happy we did not waste a bunch of time with that nonsense Mm -hmm. and, uh, and of course the Westworld stuff. And yeah, yeah, we're, we're right in the neighborhood of a hundred episodes of general stuff.
1: Wow. Uh (laughs) Pretty crazy. That's, that's not bad for a podcast, which contains two people that genuinely don't like each other. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've seen the show art. That's, that's an actual picture. That's a real photo.
1: As, yeah, that's a real photo of both of us thinking of the other person standing <laughs> yeah. in front of our national flags. Uh, so. <laughs> um so uh
0: yeah and, and one final note and before we really get started, um we now if you go to the Legion Podcasts website, there is a a a store page, uh a merch page, uh right there on the front page that you can uh click on and you can now get uh, an official welcome to Brimley town shirt Yeah. uh population God
1: damn it it's and- the greatest thing that's ever existed, and there is no excuse for someone not to own said greatest thing that's ever existed
0: yeah it it honestly uh I've already been contacted from several New York fashion houses mm-hmm. uh, about trying to replicate the design uh and i and I said no. I said no, sir. Yeah, Uh this this belongs to us. And um so get it while the getting's good. Eventually there will be all kinds of knockoffs being sold on street vendors. Mm. So uh get the real thing while you can. You know, it's like uh them old Bart Simpson shirts where he's saying like kawabunga but it's spelled wrong. Yeah. That kind of shirt. That's yep. that's that's what we're in danger of with the with the Brimley Town yep. shirts. You
1: do not want to still own a cowabongo t shirt.
0: That's not nope. good, and you don't want a "Welcome to Grimleytown" shirt. No, <laughs> who wants that? You know, <laughs> yeah, dag, nabbit, it's not <laughs> population, dag, nabbit. Yeah, none of it's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so if you go over to legionpodcasts.com, dot uh, com, you can hop over to the store page from there and uh, uh, pick up your own "Welcome to Grimleytown." um t-shirt as well as some other stuff yeah uh, if you want um all right duncan enough screwing around yep L- let us begin with uh a look at what we have been watching one thing good and bad since last we spoke uh what you got
1: right well um i have been to the cinema three times since our last recording strangely enough because really? been, uh, yeah i've been saying that april is the new october three horror movies in the cinema in april in the uk a quiet place ghost stories and truth or dare all came out like i think a quiet place and ghost stories came out the same day in the uk which is fucking nuts <laughs> you just don't do that um and yeah, truth, truth or dare, the the, the new Blumhouse instalment. Um, so I've already put up a review of Ghost Stories on Podcast Under the Stairs in a spoiler and non-spoiler review fashion. Um, I would say if you get the opportunity to go and see it, please go and see it. I thought it was a great movie. I understand there are a couple of people that didn't really like the way the movie went. Um, I, on the other hand, really liked the way the movie went. So I'm I'm. Kind of looking forward to the reviews coming through from the American peeps now, because it's been out in the UK for a couple of weeks. Uh, so, talking about the good and the bad, I'm going to start with A Quiet Place and The Good Column. Um, yeah, believe the hype on that movie. It's real fucking good. Really, 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 really good. As a movie that has a firm grasp of tension and atmosphere. If you think about it too much, doesn't really make sense, but... We've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's a concept, it's an idea. It's no more ridiculous of an idea or a premise than a movie like Get Out. Um, and once again, when you start, like, really starting to scrutinise the science involved with that, doesn't really work. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It's a horror movie. Um, the creature design is a bit Cloverfieldy. Um which, to be honest with you, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the creature design at all. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it is an incredible um, testament to a movie that has maybe collectively 10 minutes of dialogue in the entire movie, and the rest is done silently, and to keep our uh, audience's attention in a cinema where... I think for the first 75 minutes of the movie, it's almost a full movie, um, I think I maybe only heard one or two people whisper a couple of times. For the most part, it was silent, because people were just like, there's no talking in the movie, so I'm not going to talk. And yeah, I, I thought it was really, really, really good, and I think it's really funny that people are like, wait, a comedian wrote this? What? comedians write horror movies now and i'm like yes yeah like believe it or not that can be done comedy is a lot like horror <laughs> surprise surprise, surprise. <laughs> you know like as, as how I, I don't understand how that's difficult for people to grasp
0: you know like yeah it's it's all about rhythm and timing and that kind of thing it's, it's yeah. about setting up a gag and paying it off whether that's to elicit a laugh or a scream
1: and also both genres tend to be the best place if you want to put forward a message um or lean into a particular time or uh, or political movement or social awareness or that comedies and horror movies are the best place to do them um just you know they're really good at conveying a message uh, so yeah I was very surprised at this and now all of a sudden it seems that people have relaxed a little bit on Danny mcBride's involvement with the new Halloween movie, people are like, well, maybe comedians can write good movies, and I'm like, yes, yes, that's, I said that at right. the time. At yeah. the time, I said, yeah, when Danny McBride's name was announced, when the, the writing team behind Vice Principals was announced as the, the you know the, the the de facto filmmakers that were going to be involved with uh, writing and directing the new Halloween movie, and everyone fucking freaked out online, that's the reason I was completely fine with it. I was like, that ah, yeah, I think it'll be really well written. I think they'll have a good grasp on timing. I think they'll have a good grasp on scares. I'm in on that movie. So, I, yeah, I just... I sometimes it, it baffles me how slow people are uh, in the uptake. Um, you, I just expect people to be a bit more on the ball or finger on the pulse uh, with these things. But a Quiet Place is the real deal. I think it's a. I think it's a great movie. I think it has probably some of the best performances you're going to see in a horror movie this year. Um, and yes, it is very reminiscent of The Last of Us if you played that computer game. And yes, maybe it influenced his decision to make it. Um, but there isn't a Last of Us movie. There's a Quiet Place movie, so you lose, you lose. So yeah, that's my good. You've still seen I, it, yes. If I
0: may, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I just want to to make a quick apology to our listeners for Duncan calling you stupid. Uh, obviously that is not the official position of the I show.
1: I don't think our listeners were the ones that were complaining, Bo. I think you've just made the supposition that I was meaning that when I wasn't.
0: Oh, uh, hoisted on my own petard. <laughs> uh, no, I, I haven't seen A Quiet Place yet, but it is, it, you know, God, there's. It, you're right. There's just so much coming out right now. Like the, the Endless is going to be at the local theater this weekend. Oh. Right, and as well as... I know it's not your thing, but the the big Infinity War is opening the same day, <sighs> and, and right again, not your thing, but the rest of the world. I'll, I will be Duncan. going. To,
1: I will be going to see it because my wife wants to go and see it, more. And that's oh, the okay. that's the trade that I currently have to do. We're currently working on a scheme that she goes and sees a film. I want to go and see. I think this is I think this is what they call marriage. Um, like she goes to see a film that I want to see, and I go to see a film that she wants to see. And thus far. Um, since reenacting this grand old tradition, I am winning, and she is losing horribly. Um, in that she chose fucking Pacific Rim 2, which was not a good movie. Um, I chose A Quiet Place, which was a great movie, and then she chose the new rock movie, Rampage, which, uh, piece of shit. Uh, really? I heard, I heard <laughs> it was not, kind of fine. A, it's, yeah, it's not a piece of it's 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 It's
0: exactly what you think it is
1: it's it's slightly better than I thought it was gonna be, but it's totally all over the place, and it has some of the worst dialogue I've heard in a while for a blockbuster movie um did you see the uh Jumanji sequel? No, no, I right. wait, I heard that was wait, good. On that. Wait, I I don't know, I kinda went off Jack Black for a while there. Um and when he was announced as being involved with it, like the rock and all that I was fine with, but when Jack Black was announced, I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I thought he was fine in uh Goosebumps. Yeah, I I quite like Goosebumps, but I have seen him in the watch the documentary on the the poker king. And then watched oh, his performance right. in the Pool king, and I was just like, "Oh no, um, <laughs> you know, no, that's not good." Um, and yeah, I saw. And then I'm not a massive Kevin Hart fan either, so I'm like Jack Black and Kevin Hart
0: in the same movie. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. I'll, I'll grant you.
1: So uh, yeah, that's that's my only apprehension. We're going to check that that movie. But Rampage wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Like, see when the big creature stuff starts happening. It's fucking brilliant, and i like that. Just give me a whole movie of that, but it takes a long time to get there. Um, and that's a long time with The Rock, who is a primate expert, also revealed in the movie um, Special Forces guy, as you do. Classified sure.
0: record. Mo- most primate specialists are.
1: And they've got uh, the, the dude that plays Negan just doing the Negan performance and the entire <laughs> It's like really, he just shows up and doesn't you get in it and all like that. He's, Look he, at this, yeah, but he's, big but he's doing that. He's, he's doing a Texan accent. And I'm like, yeah, you, know, you know, oh, Pepe Sera's old cowboy, and I was like, oh no, no, no! Stop smiling. Why are you smiling every two seconds? This is like the world's going to end. It's a giant fucking like the, the greatest the thing that will win you over on that movie is not the giant monkey, which people will think it will be, it's not the giant wolf that. You know that will win you over. It's the giant alligator which comes out the water like fucking Godzilla. <laughs> I was All like, "Right, this is like when that I was like that." Yes, you. Ha- I am on board now. Popcorn up. I assume entertain me position. Um, but yeah, it's just that. I don't know. Uh, so, so she's chose that, um, and I get the Nick. Ne- no, she's also chose Infinity Wars. So I'm going to have to go and see that. Um, and the reviews are out and it's not getting, uh, uh, people are saying it's not the best in the Marvel Universe I was just saying there's a lot to unpack and they say it's a bit crammed and I was like yeah that's what happens when you throw what, 40 uh, superheroes and 100 supervillains in the same movie yeah, yeah, things will get a bit crammed well and, and I would right, but this is
0: one of those things like uh, for people who are super obsessive about Star Wars, not obsessive but just like that's kind of their thing mm-hmm um hearing like it's just there's so much fucking shit in this like you can't turn around without some character showing up and, and yeah. whatnot and for me that's like are you, are you serious clark like that sounds fantastic <laughs> my, my,
1: my favorite thing now is every all these things like critics are now like really good at saying this phrase um oh yeah it's the it's the empire strikes back of the series and what like that really because critics hated the Empire Strikes Back when it came out, fucking loathed it. Like yeah, fans, yeah. It was fans not well liked, received yeah, yeah, fans liked it. Critics hated it. So you, as a critic, sitting there telling me it's the Empire Strikes Back, does that mean you'll appreciate it thirty years from now? Like I, you know, I, I don't like people are very quick to put labels on things that I don't think need to be. Like, all I want to know is, is it an, is it a good movie? That's all I want to know. If it does nothing but you know, lip service to the fan base of people that are invested in those characters. But that's all it does. I'm not, you know, that doesn't have me day one. Sure. You know, if it has good story, uh, you know, um, good acting, good script, and doesn't lean purely into, like, if it's, you know, 90% CGI, not interested in that, because you've got some really good actors playing some actually really good roles in that movie. Let them, let them shame, ball Let them shame. So yeah. yeah, and the end looks fucking amazing. I, I can't wait yeah, to see that.
0: It does. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a, a, yeah, an embarrassment of uh, good riches. Mm. Uh, so, uh, like you're my bad? With, I do. I thought it was Rampage for a second. Then you really turn coat on that one. Yeah,
1: um, it was the the first chink in the armor uh, for um, for Blumhouse in two years for me. I think that The Darkness was the last movie by Blumhouse that I didn't enjoy. Um, you know, that, that I thought, you know, this is actually quite a, quite a bad horror movie, Blumhouse. Hang your head in shame. I know they've done things like Insidious and all the rest, but I count them as, you know, not kind of standalone one-off properties. Like, they're franchise stuff. They can do whatever they want with that. It's just franchise horror. But when it comes to standalone, one-off, horror properties. Um, Truth or Dare is not a good movie. It really, really isn't. Um, there are a couple of things that should give it away, in my opinion, as to being a bad movie. It's directed by Jeff Wadlow. Uh, Jeff Wadlow did um, Crywolf. Oh, that's not a good movie. Yeah, from 2003. And then that Never Back Down movie, which was the 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 <laughs> the MMA version of step up. Um, <laughs> oh Christ! Okay, you, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, it it's just yeah. like there's a, there's an underground fighting circuit of like expert MMA, MMA fighters that all happen to go to high school. I was like, yeah, of course, why not? That makes perfect fucking sense. Um, so yeah, uh, truth or dare is desperately trying to be a kind of late-90s teen horror movie. Desperately trying to be it. It wears its influence pretty big on its sleeve. It really wants to be Final Destination. It involves some characters going um, that are on spring break um, who end up in um, (laughs) an old missionary, which they think is going to be a cool place to play, truth or dare. In fairness, they're baited into it, uh, but just so happens that it's haunted as well, bo Haunted by a Mexican demon, um, a trickster, a prankster. Who? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a prankster, God. <laughs> Is it? Bill <laughs> Bailey? Sorry, she's like no Bill Bailey. Yeah, what do you got, Bill Hicks? She's going over there. <laughs> Believe me now, fuckers. Welcome to the Lake of Fire. <laughs> um, it's so, the,
0: the <laughs> devil's worst
1: trick. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the they play Twitter there and then they leave and the demon consumes the game in a way which it forces them to play in the exact order that they played uh, in the, the room, hence the Final Destination thing. And they have to do truth or dare. They have to pick one. Uh, and they're basically these demons, like these warped faces, imagine Black Hole Sun, the music video by Soundgarden, you know, the, the weird smiley faces. is like that. That's the effect they use, and basically they force them to truth or dare. And if they choose one and then don't go through with it, they die. Accidentally. Now, put that in quotation marks because... Oh, so it's like a
0: Final Destination thing where oh, like, to- fate kills yeah. them. Yeah, it's
1: totally Final Destination. Uh, this movie wants to be Final Destination. Uh, it so badly wants to be Final Destination, but it's not. <laughs> so uh, the biggest crime Truth or Dare has is it's not Final Destination. Uh, the acting is horrendous. Like, absolutely horrendous. And this is one of the very few bad movies that I'm like, that Bo Ranstone needs to see this. You need to see it just purely because I want to ha- I want to hear Bo talk about the way the yeah. the way they have cast characters. Like like it's as, like as the worst as is one of the worst right it kinda almost makes the bye bye man look competent. Um
0: Oh, no, bite your
1: tongue! <laughs> I'm that <killing> movie you. <laughs> is truly incompetent. Yeah, wait till you see truth or dear uh, and then come back and speak to it. So yeah, this is the. I think it did quite well because it's a Blumhouse. Um, but it's yeah, it's not, it's not a good movie. Not a good movie at all. Um, and yeah, it's been a while. It's probably been since the Bye Bye Man. Actually, that I've seen a horror movie. At the cinema, and about fifteen minutes into, I turned to the person I was with, eh, not my wife this time, my, my my buddy. Um, I turned around to him, and I just thought like that I went, "Oh, this movie's going to be something quite special." Um, <laughs> I was sat down, <laughs> and I could see his—he he hated it as well. But there was just like there was bits I just style laughing at. How ridiculous! I was like, "How did we end up here?" And well, like, every character, like we joked uh, when we were doing. Now, I can't remember what the conversation was, uh, but we talked about... Oh, in fact, it was The X-Files. off Bo. off-air when we were speaking about The X-Files. Not Uh on because we would never do that. Uh, We were talking about Mulder's inability to cry. Imagine an entire movie of teenagers who can't cry over their dead friends, but they are desperately trying to... was but can't do it not one fucking tear it's awful i can't wait for you to see it man you have you have to see this movie so i can hear you talk about how bad this movie is
0: all right i i'm looking forward to it i've heard that it is terrible from other people yes and and it is been on my radar because of that <laughs> uh i i i heard that very thing that is a special kind of bad it's a very
1: special kind of bad right that's me finish talking now bo let me know what you've been watching. Let me start with my bad. Oh. Um, I
0: watched, uh, let me just say, I fucked up and I watched um
1: <laughs> the movie Geostorm. Oh, my wife watched that and I refused to watch it with her. Yeah, you you weren't wrong. Um, <laughs> she said it was really I, good.
0: <laughs> it's,
1: it's fucking awful. <laughs> so... But Gerald Butler's a scientist, is he not?
0: Oh he is Duncan <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and he yells at screens through the whole film. Oh. Um, this, this is, is science <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> this is Geostorm. <laughs> um that, so the whole premise of the movie is that the world's uh uh ecosystem is completely fucked, so they have invented this network of satellites that prevents the Earth from having crazy storms, Mm -hmm. and uh, Gerard Butler is the guy who invented it all, Uh, and so they have this machine, or this program, this station called Dutch Boy, Mm -hmm. that is about to be turned over to the UN, and... Uh, so all of a sudden the Dutch boy thing starts to malfunction, creating geostorms. <laughs> which are just an excuse to like fuck up a city for a minute on screen, right? And that's, <laughs> and that's why I'm there. All right. I just want to see buildings get cr- crushed. I want to see. Comets blowing at craters into entire states. You want a like, Aerosmith
1: soundtrack? Don't want to close my eyes. Let's
0: <laughs> not get crazy, but I, but yeah, I mean, I, I I'm a like I said, I'm a man of simple taste, Duncan. Uh, every now and again, I just want a big dumb disaster movie, and I I enjoy those. Like I can watch Independence Day almost any day, mm. and it's not a good movie. But stuff blows up real good in it, and I like that mm-hmm. and and so that's what that's all I'm looking for, you know and uh it only has like two or three scenes where dumb disaster stuff is happening. And the rest of the time, it's a bunch of bullshit intrigue about, like, who's sabotaging Dutch Boy and who could give a fuck. <laughs> and uh, what's... Oh, jeez. Hold on. I'm going to have to look up this kid's name. He's another one of those actors that we as a society just said, no, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: like he's, Kitch, yeah.
0: It, yeah, he is the Taylor Kitsch we don't like. Um, Jim Sturgis. Uh, Who you may recall from that god-awful Across the Universe movie. Oh! He was the lead in 21 with Kevin Spacey.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. Yep.
0: And so he's uh, doing a sweaty New York accent in this. That's not very good. Um... Yeah, and it's just a bunch of, like, Gerard Butler, like, the big climax of the movie is him running around to a bunch of people at computer terminals, typing shit in and saying, Now we've got it! <laughs> and you're like, this isn't exciting. Like, you can't fight a geostorm as a person. hmm And, you know, like, in the movie uh, 2012, yes. uh, for example, which, again, not a good movie. But everything, just the world fucking is wasted in that film. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a good movie, but it's a good kind of hangover movie because it's stupid and stuff is always happening on the screen, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like somebody dangling keys in front of you Uh or something. And anyway, so Geostorm is very little of the good stuff. And when the good stuff happens, it looks kind of shitty. Like at one point, there's like, you know, oh my god, there are four geo tornadoes tearing up the city, <laughs> and and I was like, that just looks like shit. I mean, it, it did. It just looked like swirling shit. It was <laughs> it was terrible. So Geostorm, Storm, not a good disaster movie, even if you like disaster movies. And I I would say the only saving grace of the movie is just if you happen to be a fan of uh uh, uh uh of Mr. Butler being somewhat unshaven.
1: Yeah, I I I'm not into, I think like I remember seeing the trailer for it um last year and just thought it was the most preposterous thing I'd ever seen in my entire... It looked like 17 movies all just like crammed into one trailer. Um and I remember saying, you know, maybe I'll check it like, looks that over the top and that nonsense, that maybe, like, you yeah, that kind of way like, you're talking about where there's going to be, like, there's going to be an entertainment value in here that I, I could kind of probably sit through at the cinema. And then when the movie came out, um, I was like, "That no, no, I'm not going to do that. I've, I've decided I'm not going to do that. And I've, I've been holding off, um, and, yeah, the the opportunity arose for my wife to watch over the weekend and me not to be there. So I took that opportunity with both hands. I was like, yeah, I'll just leave you. You can watch that. And it, I came down and finished and she was like, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And I was that like, ah, lies. <laughs> you well, lie. let me, you are, lie to this me. is,
0: this is a, 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 an interesting opportunity for a bit of an experiment. Mm-hmm. You, you haven't seen the film. Yes. I, I assume, you know, no more than perhaps what I or your wife have has told
1: you literally all i know thus far i didn't even listen oh. to the the we hate movies on it because i was like that i may watch this at some point and i want to kind of formulate my own impression of it
0: okay so let me give you a, a little bit of uh, a, a pop quiz hot shot oh all right so in the movie geostorm the jim surges is a secret service dude uh who he's a bit of a rogue agent duncan mm-hmm. a little, little playing fast and loose with the rules right but he believes that someone is sabotaging the Dutch boy anti-Geostorm machine. Mm-hmm. And that the only person with access would be someone like the president with a very exclusive level of access. Mm-hmm. The president is played by Andy Garcia.
1: Oh, right. With
0: okay. National treasure. National treasure, Andy Garcia. And his... Chief of security, who's in the movie for about five minutes, is Ed Harris.
1: Oh, Ed Harris is the villain. <laughs> I didn't even ask the question. Ed, Ed, Ed Harris is behind the O.
0: <laughs> it turns out that is the case. Yeah, Ed, Ed, Spoilers, wait, but.
1: Of, of course, Ed. <laughs> is that <him? laughs> Is Ed Harris? Uh-huh. The, of course he's the fucking. It's Ed Harris.
0: <laughs> right. It's 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 William from Westworld.
1: Yeah, like, uh, like gone are the days of the abyss. He's no longer, you know, like trying to give mouth to mouth in the r- most romantic scene, try to resurrect his former lover. Like those days of Ed Harris are gone, right? See when Ed Harris did the uh, the Truman show, from that point on, he could only play villains, right? And that's what he's done. <laughs> It's like a history of violence. Like that's the turning point for me. With all of that, Ed Harris is every villain in every movie from now on, or I will not have. It. <laughs> but it, it was
0: it was one of those things of like you're not even trying to hide it. Like it, it's kind of a a known commodity that you know it, it's sort of the uh television detective show syndrome. Yeah, of as Columbo, like, where, oh,
1: where it's like only the big named actor can be the killer.
0: Right, if the guest star is Dennis Weaver, guess what? <laughs> Dennis Weaver's the killer.
1: <laughs> Leonard Nimoy's in this one. I hope he's a good guy. Oh no, he's a killer uh, doctor.
0: Oh, oh. It, it right. It turns out he's a murderer. Yeah, it's the same thing of like, you know the it, the big names in this movie are Gerard Butler, Jim Stur- Sturges, mm-hmm. Abby Cornish, I guess. Oh right. And Andy Garcia and Ed Harris.
1: Incidentally, you would never, as a country, sorry like uh, America, you never have Andy Garcia as your president because he looks a little bit mafioso.
0: Yeah, he's... Uh, and, and and I think kind of they play to that in the film because everything points to the fact like, oh, Andy Garcia is the villain. Yeah. And you're like, obviously not. Ed
1: Harris no, is standing right there. Been eclipsed. <laughs> he's been eclipsed. Right, yes, I'm kind of with you. Maybe this guy is a villain. Oh, wait one second. Ed Harris is in it. No, this guy's not evil enough. <laughs>
0: Oh, Ed Harris didn't have a speaking line in this scene, but he was in it the whole time? Yeah, he's the, he's the villain. He's the
1: villain, yeah. <laughs> right? Might as well Don't just have a know. giant neon sign behind him saying, Ed Harris, villain. Like, like Right, <laughs> a,
0: a handlebar mustache slowly grows throughout the film. <laughs>
1: it's like, in the, in the script, it said, you know, uh, like at first, like when they were writing all the different characters out, the, the, the guy who's behind the whole Geostorm incident thing is just, villain of the movie, in brackets. Possibly Ed Harris, or probably Ed Harris. <laughs> he literally I'm not telling you who to cast, but this is how I imagine him.
0: Yeah, and like in the credits, it, it should they should credit him as like you know with Andy Garcia and Ed Harris as the villain.
1: Yeah, it, it should, <laughs> all the characters, all the characters should have their names beside it of who they're playing, except Ed Harris, which should be Ed Harris playing Ed Harris, <laughs> <laughs> right. And Ed
0: <laughs> Harris, you know who
1: Wink. She just have yeah. a wink. And she just have a like an like animated GIF wink. Wink smiley face or,
0: or Ed Harris should have winked in the movie, like <laughs> What what's going on? You 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 say the president it could be uh trying to sabotage Dutch boy. Yeah. That doesn't sound American to me. Boy. Wink <laughs> He might as well. I mean, like, when he, there's there is that moment in the movie where Jim Ster just goes to him and is like, "You're never gonna believe this, but here's what's going on." And he's like, "Really? Well, come come with me. Let's talk about this." And you're like, "Come on, man! Yeah. <laughs> you're in the you're in this Secret Service. You don't think the guy acting suspicious as hell and leading you away <laughs> yeah. from any public uh, <laughs> facing like window or yeah. door? Yeah, yeah. C-
1: c- come with me to go around the corner. And you see." The, the the fucking flash of a gun going off, <laughs> well, that right. he just comes around the corner. Oh yeah,
0: you see another guy coming around the corner with blood on him. Like, oh, you going to the kill corner? Uh, careful, the the a couple of bodies there.
1: So that was your back. So what was your kid?
0: I don't know, Duncan. <laughs> nothing's geostorm. good anymore no geostorm no 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 this is uh an opportunity for me to officially talk on this show about the terror and fuck you i'm still talking about it so we're halfway through this this show now mm-hmm. uh, a little more than um it is so absolutely perfect as a a tale of isolation and paranoia and colonialism and, uh, battling one's own demons in, in many ways. Uh, it, it's a, like a tale of hubris and the supernatural. It is so good. Like there are basically two stories happening on this show. One is the horror part and the other is more the human drama. And I like them both equally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, everything about it is fantastic. Jared Harris continues to come to the fore in the series. Um, and, and is just fucking amazing, uh, on that show. And a, a lot of the side characters are really interesting. There's, uh, there's one character, one, one small spoiler. Uh, one character gets what they call whipped as a boy. Oh. Which means, uh, that like, unlike getting flogged, you know, or, or, or whipped, uh, which is just like, Hey, we're going to take off your shirt. You get some lashes, uh, for your disobedience. And then on your way, if you get whipped as a boy, they strap you to a table, yank your pants down and whip you that way. And this dude gets.
1: Fucked up. Ugh.
0: Uh, but his whole character is so fascinating and oh man. Oh, this show, Duncan. It is it it's creepy and it's atmospheric. It it's it's the equivalent of a of a well-told ghost story as opposed to like a horror movie. Mm. You know, that's how it feels. It it feels like if it weren't so visually sumptuous, which it certainly is, but I could see this playing out as almost like a radio drama or something, and it would be just as compelling. It's, it's so good, man. I can't, I, I know you're going to watch it and I can't wait for you, uh, to do so. Cause I want to discuss it so much with you. And and for listeners, if you have not checked out AMC's the terror yet, which is of course the story of two ships in search of the Northwest passage. Uh, and, End up getting frozen in the ice, and they are not alone. Oh, um, yeah. It is oh, it's
1: so good. <laughs> Fuck.
0: All right. The last thing I want um, to say
1: is, you did make a promise on your um, on your Morbid Monday to very quickly, briefly touch base with me on Piwacket. So we should probably just take two, three minutes and just nail this one out, and then swing into to, to uh, our main feature for the show.
0: Yeah, uh also I should watch the uh episode. Um But yes, Pie it i yeah, and I mentioned this just because it was uh something that you and I had discussed a little bit uh a while ago, but we haven't really talked about since we've both seen it. I listened to your review mm-hmm. uh on uh the podcast under the stairs, and I I think you and I kinda shared the the same idea, which is that It's it's not a bad movie, but the ending is kind of a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, my my see, it's a difficult one because like it's not the ending I want, but it's clearly I don't think it's a bad ending. It's just not the ending I would do to that movie at all. Um I I think I think like if you listen to my show, there was four of us that watched it and Two of us didn't quite like the ending and two really liked the ending. So it's, it's in this weird, like, I don't know. I just thought, like, the ending was unnecessary, too on the nose and undid. Like a lot of what the movie had done really well up to that, which was play with this idea of shadow and, you know, a paranoid mind and guilt and trauma um, and potentially mental health. If you want to look at the movie that way, I think it works really well in that capacity as well. I think it done that all really, really well. And then the ending comes across, and then there's that just that clip right after the ending, which I really didn't think we needed, or if you're going to have that, there has to be some sort of repercussion out with the one we get. Um, And I was just like that. Yeah, kind of just it's a bit too on the nose for me. Like For for a movie that really plays with subtlety throughout the rest of it, um, it's a bit too on the nose. And it didn't have the impact that other people said it had because the ending is very, very, very similar like if not identical to the end of Goodnight Mummy, the German movie which came out like two, two and a half years ago. Um which has far more impact because that's a movie that knows how to stick that land in. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I I just felt like it was the ending I expected yeah. And, consi- and considering so much of the movie felt like it was trying to subvert expectations mm-hmm. to just be the thing that I thought it was from about the halfway point on, you know, and that that ends up being my problem with a lot of movies these days is, is that I'm just like, there's no, there's no surprise. It's yeah. there. There's no sense. It, and it's not so well done that, the lack of surprise is totally made up for. Yeah. But, Duncan, uh-huh. there are parts in the, uh, in, in that movie, uh, especially towards the end, that scare the living shit out There's of a me. There's about, and movie, yeah. And no movie does that often. There
1: was about two or three scenes in that movie that genuinely got under my skin to the point of make, made my skin crawl. Um, one of them is a Blair Witch esque scene. Of two people being out in the woods at night and one of them just disappearing just out of range of what the flashlight on their camera would show. Um and there's a like a prolonged sense of tension with the not knowing where this person is and why they're not reacting with everything else that's built up, you know, in that thing. There's a scene that plays with shadow and someone coming out of a shadow, which I thought was genius. Like I thought it uh-huh. was so well done. Um, and then there's a almost exorcist kind of esque crab crawl scene out a door, which I thought was pretty phenomenal as well when it happens. And they didn't lean. I, I thought it would be too easy for them to lean too much into that, and they didn't. And I give them I like so much credit for that because um, this guy's only I think a couple of movies into his career. The previous one he did was uh, was it bat. Uh, backcountry is that right
0: yeah i believe that's correct which I, I enjoy it's got a great bear attack it's got one of the best bear attacks i've ever seen yeah but much like that movie it was like there are things i really love about this movie but i, I don't love the movie
1: yeah he's a young guy he's a, like he's a young guy is clearly into to you know just doing like like genre stuff, and that's where his heart lies. And yeah, I, I mean, he's the, there. Is no reason at all I would not after watching Piwack, it watch his next movie. I, 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 yeah, I think there are elements there. I'm, I'm like you. I, it's not the ending I want. Um, and the danger is that when you get you see so many horror movies, and because we're seeing so many now on a constant basis, it's very difficult. I think to give a a truly original ending to a movie. I think, it, I think it's increasingly difficult to do that, but that does not mean that. I'm, I'm with you on that as well. I don't mind someone playing into, you know, a trope or a reveal, you know, as long as you do it really, really, really well, as long as, long as you try and put your own stamp on it. And I just felt pie it, it, it. Very much like I said, I saw that ending coming, like, maybe just after the halfway mark, or like that, right? Kind of, not to the f- full extent of what it did, but kind of seeing where it was going and then they make a big deal about something in the movie as well, which like literally five minutes later, the character like is not paying attention to and plays it off and I'm like, well, why did we spend so much time doing that if you're just going to disregard it five minutes later? A little bits like that is definitely if you're looking for something that's going to creep you out a couple of good scares and a movie which is dealing with a uh, subject matter, which Bo has seen about a million shitty versions of Pi Wacket. Um, then, yeah, go and check it, Piewacket. Wacket. I, I genuinely think you'll get one or two scares out of it.
0: Ken, uh, let me, uh, listeners, uh, I'm going to propose the ending I would like Ooh. in Pi Wacket. So if you don't want to know anything about the ending of uh, Pi Wacket, uh, just skip forward, I don't know, 30 seconds. Yep. This won't take long. So what I wanted to happen at the end is that she burns the mom alive and then the police show up and and she realizes what she's done and she's taken in much like, you know, we see. Except that you kind of shudder the ending of it where you see her like being questioned by the police and, and like holding her head. Mm-hmm. And then you go to another angle and you have like clawed hands yanking at her hair. As if she's being tortured now. Yeah, and and that's all I want. You don't have to go more than that.
1: Legitimately, what like two ball hairs away from what I said, um, and teapots. Like that's how I would have fixed it. Um, Because the the mythology is that you know it it destroys the thing that you've set the curse on, but then it ultimately destroys you. It comes for you, Um, and you don't get that don't get that in the movie. So I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Um, you know, like that's, that to me is how you, that's exactly what you do. That's, that's how you fix that scene. Um,
0: yeah. And I mean, you're talking about adding what five seconds, maybe yeah. to the end of that movie. And it would have, it would have solved every problem I have.
1: Yeah. It. I'm I'm with you a hundred percent on that.
0: Uh, but you know, like you said, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. And I think he is a director capable of greatness. I, I
1: think so as well. It, it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I think I think the, the thing that I did notice about that movie it was it was beautifully shot and really well acted. Um that and he has tension and atmosphere dripping out that movie in a way that I could totally get behind. Um that yeah, he's like all that's there, all that's there. Um, I just can't wait to see him do his next story. So I think he wrote Pywhacket as well. So
0: yeah, he's a good good
1: writer. So um, yeah, I can't let him go away and make another movie. I can't wait. And I think people should see it. I I, I mean, I don't think I might make my top 20. You know, if it does, it'll be near the 20 side. But um, I imagine it probably will make a lot of top 10 lists this year because there's a lot of people... Like really got on board with the ending that mean you were kind of called on. So, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge him that. See if it makes top ten lists at the end of the year for some people, I'd be happy about that because there's enough in that movie to justify discussion. Um, where there's plenty of movies in that subgenre that do not, um, that are really really lazy and they can't even just get atmosphere or tension right. Um, and he managed to get all that sorted. So yeah,
0: yeah, well done.
1: Uh, All right, well, let's take a quick break, right,
0: y'all? And uh, we will come back and talk about episode one of season two of Westworld. My life fades, the vision dims, all that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, wasted land, but most of all, I remember the podcasts, the man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time, a time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever. Welcome back, everyone. Season 2... Episode one of Westworld is entitled "Journey into Night." Mm. It is uh, directed by Richard J. Lewis, not that one. Um, he he directed a lot of the the first season, and is uh, written by Lisa Joy and Robert Patino. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Joy, of course, one of the creators of the show, and uh, uh, Robert Patino brought in. Uh, this season? No, no, no. He was a, a co-exec producer on uh, on Westworld Season 1 mm-hmm. and has written several episodes of this season. Ah, nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, ain't nobody new to the project uh, turning out for the premiere of Season 2. And you got to think that HBO was like, look we had a true detective
1: thing don't fuck this up (laughs) all right well yeah because this is this has not got a true detective budget this budget is fucking massive i think this is on game of thrones level 10 million per episode so ain't no one getting a chance to fuck this up (laughs) boy yeah people are watching yes (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> I love the nod in the he, name as well. Uh, so the name of this episode is Journey Tonight, which was, if you remember, the name of Ford's new world program, the new adventure that he set out just before he was executed.
0: That's just the kind of entertainment you can expect uh, around here. Well done, Duncan. Yep, you're welcome,
1: Bo. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> for people who say that I have a, a memory like a computer. And that it's sometimes amazing, sometimes slow, and mostly <laughs> corrupted by porn viruses. Oh, man. It's worth it.
0: Boy, <laughs> it, I wonder if every now and then one of the hosts gets taken offline and like, he's into some pee stuff. <laughs> he's developed sentience and a fetish.
1: <laughs> sentience and, and a fascination in scatology. Um, so. It's really strange. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that's not what happens in this no. episode. Uh, we be, we open on, uh, Bernard and Dolores. <laughs> <Brad>. Um, <laughs> where they are, uh, they're, they're chit chatting in, you know, one of the rooms, uh, where, uh, you interview the host once you're, you're bringing him back online. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's talking about a dream. Uh, where he says, I have this dream where all of you, meaning all of the hosts, I assume, uh, are on a far shore. And I'm being left behind, and uh, the water is slowly rising. And uh, Dolores says, well, what do you think that dream means? <laughs> and Welcome
1: to the show, Jodie Foster. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. Every maybe team, so. Every, every time. we should- do kind okay, of the female American accent on this show and defaults to Jodie Foster and Silence in the Labs every single day because
0: her accent is the most American of accents. <laughs> Lampley for screaming, Doctor Lecter. So yeah, so she's like, you know, what well, do you think that dream meant, Doctor Lecter? And
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's not in this series, and and he
0: says. Not anymore, uh, but but Bernard is just like dreams don't mean anything, and uh, but and he he says he is frightened of what not what Dolores is, but what she might become. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think like to me, what's really interesting about this is once again, if you recall from the the end of the previous season, um, things were maybe described out to to. <laughs> The Bernard, in a way where he, it was finally revealed to him that he is a host. Um, not only is he a host, he's a host that resembles um, the other founder of the park, uh, Arnold. That's right. Yeah, because um, it's Arnold. I think his name was Arnold Weber, which is Bernard Low anagrammed. Memory serves. Mm-hmm. seems right yeah um and so that was the big one of the big reveals one of the several big reveals in season one um so this was revealed to him anyway and he yeah at the end of it like everything was going a bit woohoo a bit crazy or are seeing people getting gunned down all the rest and We have jumped back into Westworld, the new season, and it looks like we're seeing something that... And this is where things get wholly confused with Westworld. It's one of the reasons I love it. There is no context for time for when this conversation is happening. This could be in the past, but feasibly, Bo, this could also be in the future.
0: Right. It could be Arnold talking to Dolores prior to... You know his his actions of uh, of killing himself, mm-hmm. or you're right. It could be Bernard talking to Dolores in the
1: present or the future, yeah. potentially. Yeah, this could this and, could bookend the season. This could make sense. You know y- what I mean? Yes. And this is what yes. like instantly I come back because my, my one of my concerns was were like one of the intrigues for Westworld, uh, especially when it started to become more clear that certain predictions we were having were moving the way we were is this idea that what we could be watching could be in two or three, potentially even four different time frames. And I love this these these ideas of these concurrent stories moving together in a way where I was like, yeah, right, try to piece it together and work at all the rest. And I kind of felt a bit sad when we come to the end of that journey and that I thought, well things will probably get a bit more conventional. And then this scene happens and I'm like that. Well, I know that this scene's happening, I know that the dude's name who is escaping me just now that plays young William is signed on. Oh, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Simpson signed on for this season. So there is going to be flashback Man in Black stuff. There has to be, right, because he's in it. So we've got that. So we're... D- already I'm like that, potentially two, three different timelines, and by... B- within the next five minutes of this show I'm like that, four, five timelines. Um... And it's really exciting. This conversation sets things up because Bernard gets a uh, or, or Bernard uh, gets um uh, there's a weird kind of amalgamation of flashing scenes, which ultimately end with him waking up in the sand, uh, very lost. <laughs> like you know, I was like, wait a second, don't tell me that they're on this island all along and all the characters are dead. Spoilers for Lost, um, but <laughs> <let's>, spoilers <laughs> that there. Um there. But yeah, like, a couple of those scenes, like, in the flashes, if you hit pause on them, are, you know, to me, are potential spoilers. Well, not potential spoilers, but flashes of scenes that will happen in this season. That scene which makes me think this conversation is in the future. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm going to and, and that handle seems- with a machine gun going fucking say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Well, but it could also be flat, you're
0: right. It flashes of what we're going to see this season because one of the flashbacks is to the night of the party, which seems like a direct link to the end of season one. Yep. And at the end of this flash, uh, he actually says, is this real? Yes. And then we see him wake up on the beach and basically a uh, security detail has shown up in Westworld. And again, presumably this is immediately following <laughs> the party well, the- or not immediately following, but in, in the, the first couple of days, maybe
1: or something. Well, uh, yeah. What we find out is it's actually two weeks. Two weeks. Um.
0: Oh, okay. So so I I was going off the look of the bodies, but...
1: No, so yeah, but this uh, is... Because ah, this is what they do, right? This is really, like, once again, <laughs> really, like... This is what
0: this they, is they what do. This is what
1: they do. They fuck with time, Bo. they, fu- they, they, fuck <laughs> they fuck you. They fuck you. They fuck you. They know you're going to be 20 minutes into the episode before you realize you're just being fucked, right? Like, because this episode... Like it kicks in, and the instant reaction is this must happen right after the party because there is a champagne flute lying beside Bernard who is face down, still wearing the the kind of party get up that he was wearing before, and we're like that. Oh, All right, well, I don't know how he ended up on the beach, but the beach wasn't that far from where, you know, the the kind of the reveal. Um yeah. was so he, he obviously And there are chairs and stuff on the beach from the Yeah, park. so obviously this is where he's ended up. But um what we find out really quickly, um uh, and when I say really quickly it takes about 20 minutes, um but this episode is like a, a feature length kickoff episode, so it's about an hour and fifteen minutes long. This episode, um what they reveal is that this is I think it's like twelve days. After the event, so okay. So this is and, right. But then you go. So once again, I'm with that. I'm I'm with you on this one. I'm like that. I'm like, all oh, right. So this is set right after, and then within five minutes of this, we get a flashback to what actually happened on the night and the the, the the setup to all this as well.
0: So well, but but first though, we we take Bernard off the beach and and take him to sort of a. A Ford operating base of sorts.
1: Yes, and our our um, security guard did not die in the previous season. Was his name Stubbs? Snubs. Stubbs. Stubbs, Stubbs yeah. is alive. Uh, like there was concern, there was speculation. I think by me in particular that Stubbs may have been stubbed out. <laughs> um, that's.
0: I'll edit yeah. that out. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it'll be the wiser. <laughs>
1: I don't know why i'm laughing at my failure um so <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what i what i like about this is at this base man they're uh they're rounding up hosts and just executing them like this is a real the only good host
1: is a dead host situation. <laughs> yeah and one of them like one of the ones that like so they shoot a woman and they hear a, well i'll, I'll be damned. or if i'm gonna see a woman treated that way and then one of the hosts comes down and is then promptly executed um, is a, a particular one we're going to see in a flashback later on drinking milk. It's our milk drinking buddy, the 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 band bandit. Uh, yeah, gets shot down, so he's he's now out of the equation. Um, but w- what's quite interesting now is we're introduced to ostensibly three new players. From the company side, right? So we have uh, the main dude, uh, the the dude that's working straight from from yeah. Dallas. Um, a woman that I have nicknamed Vasquez.
0: Because, sure, that's not yeah, wrong. That's
1: who she is. Um, who's walking around with like a, a pack of playing cards of important people, um, like which I thought was quite amusing because like didn't like didn't like the Americans give like like when you like declared the war on the taliban uh didn't like people get like a, a deck of playing cards with potential targets on them well, uh-huh. it's like we like to have a little fun with yeah, our <laughs> it's, it's like the reverse of that because everyone on her cards are people that work for the you know people that are definitely not hosts um and so bernard's on that so she gets them up and then the third one is some programmer did um who we find <laughs> so bring them back to bring Bernard uh, uh, to this kind of prompt staging area thing, and um, the they decide to trace what has happened in a particular area, and there is a like a row of dead Native Americans. I think Native americans I always get confused with this. Native Americans is the term that I can use. Yes, right, that, that's, that's cool. Right. Um, there's like a, a series of these kind of painted warriors, um, lying on the, uh, on the ground and they extract. And this was new to me because it didn't do anything like this in the previous season. They extract like a memory thing by like kind of essentially scalping them, um, and you know, cutting through the skull. And then there's this like memory sphere which you can plug in to see. The previous memories now in the previous season. Bo, all they did was attach one of those tablets, and they could see what happened. So, I think this is. Remember when they were talking about trying to steal intellectual property? Of yes, so this is clearly the Dallas thing that we're now seeing. What they, which they kind of leaned into, and in the previous, the previous season, this is this is how they're going to do it. We see a bit more of that coming up. But what's also really interesting is the. Point Black shoot down one of the myths from the previous season in what was like a 30-second clip, um, which was one of the big theories, and I think we even kind of joked around with this theory, that was Westworld was not set on the planet Earth. Right, space station. Space station, must be a space station. Uh, uh, Not a space station. Or if it is, it must be the biggest space station known to man. Because what we have is we have our Delos people arguing with um, what looked like uh, potentially Southeast Asia um, kind of military on a beach, which you assume is in the area. So like, I'm, I'm thinking that's where it's, you know, once again, like out somewhere in the Pacific Ocean uh, as this giant island because they basically say, get the fuck off my island. Um, you poor sucker. That's how they're trying to trick you, Duncan. Is it? Yes. Why would they have, if it's all owned by Delos, then
0: why do they have satellites? It's a good question. Why they have <laughs> satellites around this space station. Duncan? I don't have all the answers. Just, <laughs> just one of one them.
1: One of them as a space station. Duncan. Well, I think we yeah. say what was it before? Like, un, like mole people, mole people are behind the oh, Well, uh,
0: Right, right. We've evolved. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So essentially what we get is this guy taking the, the brain cube or whatever it is. And they read it. And we get this fantastic scene um, of a character we left in the previous season putting a bullet into our beloved Ford's head as Dolores. What's Dolores doing, Bo? Well, uh, Dolores
0: is uh, hunting him down. Yeah, just a bit. And, yeah. And and says, hey, I told you, not all of us deserve to make it to the valley. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dolores just straight up murders. Double
1: tap, P- yeah, yep. <laughs> really like double taps this dude, puts him down, and I'm like that. Mm, this is, and once again, in st- like straight away, interest is peaked. Um, and what's really interesting about it is Bernard looks a bit confused by the situation. We don't know if he's playing into memory loss uh once again did that in quotation marks not sure why um but we don't know if he's play, <laughs> if he's playing into this memory loss or if he genuinely doesn't remember because he does remember her and he says well that's you know that's the was it the the, the maid girl or you know the, the farmhand or something like that um and someone's like that wasn't she programmed to you know be the cheery face that people see when they come into the park and all the rest um and that's clearly not she is now um clearly not and so this is our this is our introduction to we are now seeing the, the the after effect and some time has passed we don't know how much at this exact moment but what we do know is that she did not stop um, with killing Ford and the you know the park investors who were at the celebration for Journey into the Night, it looks like Dolores's kill spree, as I'm going to call it, um, night of fun uh, carried on. And it wasn't just humans that she started hunting down. She's she's actually going after hosts that she said, and you're like as you conveyed back over hosts that are not worthy of making it to whatever this valley is.
0: Yeah, and I guess presumably that is a a host in my mind a host that does not become sentient.
1: I'm kind of with you on that.
0: Are self aware? You know
1: what else happens in this scene, which is like a really quick throwaway like thing, is like when they scalp this guy, they turn over and see the the maze design like in pretty right. his head, and they're just like that. Ah, what's this? I don't know what this is. Have you seen this before? I've done all this as well because that's not the story in this season. <laughs> like, so they're just like right. Yeah. They're just like huh. <laughs> let's put that away like who cares <laughs> like i love that as well because that's a, to me that's the show writers basically saying that was last season we've done that we're no longer we're not doing the maze now because we've done the maze thing like that's so that that storylines they put to bed we're in a whole new world and this whole new world is like like i said before this is ostensibly the second half of Jurassic park um where people can be hurt by the creatures that they're there to see
0: yeah, and also you know, later in the episode, we'll talk about the moment where they essentially say, "Like, well, you're kind of done anyway." Like, you you got to the 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 center of the maze, or, or yes, it. Yeah, yeah, and um, so we also get a, a flashback uh to the night of the mass or a massacre again from uh, Bernard, mm-hmm. and. He's got some of the guests who are being shot at by all the hosts <laughs> in uh, kind of a stable, and some of the hosts have this woman standing up against the side of this stable or barn with a glass on her head shooting. It's our, our Milky Bandit. Yes, she
1: died like a couple of seconds before.
0: <laughs> right. So we know this. Is, this is the thing that's happening immediately or during the actual. Post-massacre, mm-hmm. presumably. And uh, there's a great shot where as they're uh, trying to shoot, you know, the the glass uh, off her head or not, you know, eventually they're going to shoot her. But you see it through the back wall or, you know, through the interior mm-hmm. wall so that you see bullet holes punching through as they're missing. And then one punches through and just starts bleeding.
1: Yeah. It's pretty good. Once it, like, we're, we're, we're twisting the show round now, so what we have is the host doing things to humans that you would imagine humans have done to hosts in the park. This This cruel game where we don't care, you know, if you're alive or not, or your feelings or whatever. This is a game to us, and this is what we're going to do. Uh, and there are no repercussions. We can do whatever we want. So the fact is, one, it's a woman, and two, they're using her for target practice. Um, is is kind of harrowing. And uh, Bernard is joined by Hale, uh, a character from the previous season who had a kind of interesting role. It wasn't really went into but i get the feeling there's going to be a major player um in this season from some of the reveals we get imminently oh yeah for sure uh we'll get to it but the, so within this
0: stable scene um they the survivors are hiding and then a kid comes in who's a host but he's just following his yeah program. it's just a stable he's
1: boy just,
0: right but the survivors sort of set upon him and and start destroying him. And Bernard seems you know shocked <laughs> by this and and to to want to help the kid. And uh, Charlotte is just like, "Hey, don't be a hero, yeah. man." Do you think?
1: And- <laughs> I think Bernard, like in this scene, was kind of playing through his head. Was like, you know, he said, monologue was like, "Well, oh, you know, I'm a host. When's the best time to come out to them and tell them? I mean, they're rational people. I think if I just tell them." That uh, there, oh, oh, here comes a stable boy. Well I think now's probably the time to you know, he's an innocent, I'm an innocent. We can work the oh oh they're lynching him Oh, they're lynching him. Right. I'm not telling them. <laughs> like no oh.
0: <laughs> Yeah, probably keep keep the uh, the lips zipped on. <laughs> yeah, that this heck. is the, not um, the
1: time to not the time to talk about this. Yeah, hit that kid. <laughs> Fucking robots. Um
0: So and, but yeah, Charlotte's like just stick with me. we got we got a plan hmm. here. And uh, then we cut over to the the player piano we are so familiar with on this show. And it begins to play one of my favorite uh, cinematic songs, uh, The Entertainer by Marvin Hamlish, better known as Hey That Song from The State. <laughs> yes.
1: I love how it starts off really, really cheery and in classic Westworld fashion, it starts to take on a sinister twist. Um, what's really interesting about this one as well is, um, like in, in Westworld, uh, when the piano plays, it uh, usually has someone playing the piano, you know, like this this. Um, and is it is it symbolic, Bo, of the season that the machine is just playing itself now with no one sitting there to control yeah. it?
0: It is fully autonomous, <laughs> uh, at 1158. Mm. The player piano became self-aware. Uh, yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's right. And, and we also move from that as, as a very pointed way of, of, uh, making your point, I think, where Dolores is on, uh, horseback, um, j- just hunting people. Entertaining
1: herself, boy. That's what she's doing. It's, it reminded
0: me a lot of Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes, like the OG Planet of the Apes of the apes chasing the humans through the mm-hmm. field. And, uh, they capture, uh, some of the guests. And this is like the, the scene we've seen from some of the trailers. It's Dolores, uh, saying, you know, uh, have you ever questioned your reality and, uh, you're in my dream
1: now yeah you know that kind she's of she's brilliant and, in this scene because she does the whole thing up to the guy and she's like that you know um you know I, am i the the helpful you know stable hand woman you know and she's she does like the and then she switches into it and she's like that or am i you know the, the villainous Wyatt or you know the the third person i'm is now myself that's, you know, that's ostensibly now who who I am and myself. This is this third personality that Dolores has inside her, the third character that she is playing, but this time she believes this character is herself, her true self, um, the one that she was always supposed to be, the evolution of the host. Um, and yeah, there's... And worth... What, sorry?
0: Very quickly, just worth pointing out, as she's having this discussion, she has three of the guests... In nooses, balancing on unstable wood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as she's having this conversation, because she, when she's talking to this guy, she's like, you know, the farm girl in me believes that you're capable of so much and wants to save mm-hmm. you, and then the Wyatt wants to see you die, and then you know, the third role she has to play, third role I have to play is myself, <laughs> My and Doctor Loker, <laughs> and and then she says, you know, like you, you, you enjoyed our 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 pain and suffering mm-hmm. and she says now the reckoning is here dr lester
1: <laughs> toughens your nipples, and- doesn't it um <laughs> right
0: and then they just fuck off leaving the the guess. it's like hey we're not technically killing you here but should you die mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah, I've I've left you in a position that you will die because eventually you'll slip or fall asleep or lose your balance. And when you do, you know, that's the noise you're gonna be making while you hang. Um also she has the, the hooded people working for her now. Um so the the the, the kind of Wyatt's killing death squad. Um <laughs> right. <our, Her>, Dolores' <laughs> death squad. <laughs> are <laughs> uh, are you know like they are they're there they're helping all the way through this and um at her beck and call so she's commanding them to do as she as she commands and what's really interesting is Teddy's along for the ride remember Teddy and, and Teddy yeah, looks on un- old yeah, teddy Teddy looks uncomfortable with everything that's happening on the screen
0: <laughs> he is so over his head he's no idea what the fuck he's is like, going re- on remember
1: that little farm we are going to get <laughs> gosh Dolores. Gee, why are we killing him?
0: Don't worry about it, Teddy. <laughs> you let you let Dolores do all the thing.
1: Oh, Cause he he's just like he, like like <sighs> James Marshall's a really good actor. Like I really like him in this role and I love the fact that it just he's kinda it's that nervous pained smile that he seems to have on his face of you know, uh, uh, how did we, how did we end up here? How went, en- like, someone that is not, like, Dolores is the all-seeing eye, you know, she knows everything that's happening. She proclaims that she's seen the past, the present, and the future. Um, and, and 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 Teddy don't know none of that. <laughs> Teddy's a live-in-the-moment sort of guy. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy loves Dolores, and that's getting him Yeah, through. literally the only thing that's getting them through, um, and it's kind of wonderful. And yeah, like what I love about this as well is we're we're not that long into this episode, and instantly I feel I kind of feel relieved that I'm back amongst these great characters who are firing on all cylinders. Like all of them are playing like phenomenal roles um, in this one, and yet Evan Rachel Wood is once again, you know, one of the MBPs. Of of Westworld, like straight away, I'm just like, yeah, I can't wait to see her story arc. And part of me wonders if she is going to like, because we, we followed her through all the horrible shit that happened to her for her to get to this point. How many innocents, quote unquote, will she kill before sympathy with that character from an audience point of view starts to waver? You know, can she just continue going around yeah. killing humans before people are like, yeah, maybe she is bad? And and, and <laughs> in a world where that's the scenario, does that mean they could pivot to a character coming up real soon in our conversation, who was the big bad of the previous season? Can we pivot to his redemption? Yeah. And uh, I don't think. I all hope right. No, so let's, let's not, get. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is, I, I, again, I don't he's, think played, so. he's played I th- by I th- Ed Harris, quote unquote Ed right. Harris, the villain. <laughs>
0: like, so speaking of, let's let's get to him because lest we forget, he is in the show. Yep.
1: And Last time we saw him, he got uh, shot in the arm and looked the happiest a man could ever be by actually feeling pain. Um, but he was surrounded by a group of uh, natives. Um. Y- yes. So, um. We we, we kind of swing the camera back on what was the 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 party place for the spectacle of John Ford's death, and um, there's a body bow, and the body starts to move. Indeed, it does, and
0: uh, not just one body, but a couple <laughs> of them start spilling out of the way, and out from underneath, uh, master strategist. Uh, ed harris emerges E.K.E. Man in black A.K.E. old william a- yeah will william or bill <laughs> uh depending on how you feel about it and uh, and so he sees a guest uh like calling out to him who immediately gets shot and now he's under fire the hosts are are cleaning up mm-hmm. the town Um (laughs) sorry. Um and so uh now now that it's two host V William, you know they don't stand a chance. and so he he like grabs one dude, shoots one of the hosts with that guy's Mm-mm. gun and then slits his throat. Fucking amazing. Of just and and he's just like god my dick is so fucking hard right now. This is all I've ever wanted. And go, like goes into uh like one of the storefronts or cabins or whatever nearby. And you know, dresses the wound on his arm from where he talks got shot. to the
1: horses. He's walking past. That's how happy he is.
0: Yeah. Out, out, in Ned. I'll be right with you. And
1: okay, William.
0: <laughs> huh. I'll be
1: right here, William. That's such a better horse voice. I was trying to be anatomically yeah. correct to what a horse would sound like. Where you just went for the TV voice, Mister Ed and that's so much better.
0: Ah, uh, well, you know, I, I train professionally at horse <laughs> voice you. Difficult to get in. I gra- I graduated in Magnum cum co- <laughs> Uh <laughs> It's
1: legitimately the only the only university campus you can be on where people actively advocate you to say no to things using the term nay <laughs> I'll that Uh nope
0: <laughs> uh at any rate so so uh william uh actually finds yeah you know, in the in this room, I don't know if it's his bedroom or what, but he finds um a black hat yeah. uh so we're good there, and uh as he puts it on of like oh God, it feels <laughs> so good. it's it's the army of darkness. You know, I may be bad, but it feels so Yeah, good. He,
1: p- he puts a hat on his face is sprayed with arterial spray from the host whose neck he slit above him. And you know, he puts out and I'm just like, every now and again, Bo, like you know what they say is you know, don't don't achieve your dreams because they're never what you want them to be. You know, like you know, you're as- your huge aspirations, aim for them, but never never get everything you want because you might find out that everything that you actually want doesn't actually satisfy you and William is the exception to that rule <laughs> like, he got exactly what he wanted and he's very happy <laughs> he's a happy camper <laughs> yeah
0: the, the hole has been filled he feels just fine. Yeah, he is he is loaded for bear at this Yeah, point. he's also armed um, to the
1: fucking teeth because the next time we see that horse, a couple of guns strapped to the back, he's he's packing. He's he's the master of his own domain now, you know what I mean? He ultimately owns Dallas. Um, I think that was the reveal, wasn't it? He's a guy he owns a park. Right. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah, yeah, this is his park, and the one thing that was stopping him getting what he's wanting was this John Ford guy who wouldn't program the fucking the the host to kill people and guess what he's no longer there and before he died he set them free so yeah this guy is is on cloud nine cock of the walk cock of the walk
0: Duncan. <laughs> i don't know what that was uh so <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, we'll get back to him there's more to come but let's uh, check in with our uh, your friend and mine, Duncan. May, oh
1: yes, oh yes.
0: Who, when last we saw her, was on a train leaving Westworld mm-hmm. Station, space station, I mean, <laughs> and to get back on a rocket ship to get her to visit the mole people. and to, yeah, do where the mole people live <laughs> and but she she can't leave because she has to go back and find this child that who's the memory of which has haunted her and driven her character. Yeah. So she uh, rolls back into uh, the control center and we, we run into Lee who is about to be at by the, uh, you know, cannibal cowboy character. Mm-hmm. And Mave is just like, you know, stop. And he, he freezes up and, um, Maeve is there to get a map of the park uh so she can find her kid. And Lee is like, Hey, uh the this map is old, I've got a newer one, I can lead you uh or or help you uh find your daughter faster so you don't have to kill me he's in real self preservation yeah though. he
1: was a he was a character that mean you were frustrated with to an extent in the previous season and that we were like this could be a really fun character but I, we kind of just feel like he's he's in there for some unnecessary comedy at times um and I'll be honest I like what they're doing with his character in this season could it He's becoming a bit of the Paul Riser. That's Aliens. exactly who he is. And I, I for one, welcome that in Westworld. We need this character to all, oh, we need this character, we need Maeve to offset the bleakness of everything else that's happening. We need the opportunity to have a bit of levity, even though it's still dark levity. We We need that in there. He keeps unfortunately making references to the fact that. Maeve was like a good time girl, and he programmed her to do that. I think there's even a bit where she she threatens to cut off his manhood, uh, and then thrust it in his mouth. But it won't be much of a mouthful, and he's like, "That, yeah, I've, I wrote that line." <laughs> like, you know, like, I, and he's
0: just, yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, I've always thought it was, yeah, a like wrong.
1: which, like, I love that because I love the idea of the 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 creator, the the author being confronted you know it reminds me of it it reminds me of if you if you if you're like me uh, who went through a massive brettie snellis phase he did um a book called lunar park um and in lunar park he writes of himself and that uh, being uh being um at one point at a party where patrick bateman his fictional character is also there <laughs> just like, all right, Patrick Bateman's here? This is a bit weird. Uh, the idea of your your creations um, being in a tangible situation where you are confronted with things that you've written. So, like, he's wrote all this naff dialogue. He kind of gave her her personality, and now we see the uber-manifestation of that right in front of his face, and guess what? She's got the fucking gun. Um so, I, I kind of love their interactions, but yeah, he's been the, he is, he is very much the, uh, well, you know, I could do this, but you, you need to take me with you. You can't leave me where all these cannibal fucking hosts are. You need to take me with you. And maybe for the most part, she is, her primary thing is self preservation. Uh, that's, you know, what she's programmed in herself, her above everyone else. And she weighs up the situation. She's like, actually, m- there may be some use for you just now. Uh, come with me and they go to what was one of my favorite rooms in the previous season which was the, the ops room with the large like globe of the park down there and it's not as cheery as it was once before Bo, not even a little bit
0: No it is littered I tell ya <laughs> with uh, bloody corpses so uh, and also like all the powers off and shit like it, nothing's working, it's all busted and broken and dead and Maeve is like, well, I guess I don't need you anymore. Like this map sucks. <laughs> and and that's where Lee is like, yeah, but I know stuff like I'm intimate with with the park and I can help you. And there is some value and we want to be sure, mm-hmm. Maeve. We all want to be sure. And <laughs> <laughs> Look, emotions are running high right now, Maeve.
1: Things have been said on both sides. Uh yeah. Right. So, so
0: <laughs> um we leave them uh with Maeve at least for now sparing Lee's life to check back in with Bernard in the timeline uh immediately following the massacre or during the massacre as he and the survivors are uh are trying to find uh some shelter. And um it it must be the next day or sometime, you know, in yeah. between. Yeah. And they, they see a buggy, like a, a kind of a doom buggy sort of thing, uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And there's a, a guy in a hazmat suit stand beside it. And, uh, everybody is like, Hey, we're, we're rescued and starts to run toward it, except for Charlotte, who grabs Bernard by the shoulder and is like, Let, I, uh, hang on yeah. a second. And so they, the uh, the rest of the survivors get down to the buggy. They grab the guy in the hazmat suit and realize <laughs> that he's straight up dead. And there are other dead people around whose hand is still
1: attached to the car. and The body falls off. It's fucking brilliant.
0: Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. And and Charlotte is like, you know, hey, it's a trap. And it's like, well, no shit. <laughs> a trap! At this point, <laughs> um, mon calamari. Yeah. And <laughs> the uh so anyway, a bunch of hoes pop out and, and kill everyone uh around. Yeah, the led
1: way. by um yeah. and I can't remember her name, but she was one of the bandit women um from the previous season. Can't remember her name.
0: Yeah, I recognized her. I, I don't
1: remember her character's name either, but uh, she wasn't the and badass one bandit. who must still be out there somewhere. Remember that one who
0: I, I, yeah, who ended the season with one arm shooting. Yeah, it was soldiers. the greatest thing that ever fucking uh. happened.
1: Uh, <laughs> literally the greatest thing that's ever been committed to TV. Um, I'm assuming she's still in the, like, I can't wait till we get back to her. Uh, but yeah, this other one, I think she was, I don't know, I think she may have been part of Wyatt's gang, or we, we know she definitely is now. Um, but she, like, says to the guy, you know, um, you know, like up on your feet, you know, kill you here. Go for it, run. So he starts running away. I love how brutal this is. Like the woman's still on her knees begging, she walks over, shits her in the fucking head, <laughs> just gone. Uh, and then they hunt down this, you know, snivelling investor dude for sport. Um and Bernard's obviously a bit concerned because they have some distance to go to this outpost tower. Um, and then Hale's like, well, actually follow me um and yeah hale has somehow um and this is what i mean about this character must become more prominent in this season because she was she was you know an interesting character but she obviously had something going on but not like to the point where we were like like, we're going to really pay attention to what she's doing but there is a secret room slash research facility which she has access to, which you imagine Dallas has access to, that Bernard didn't know anything about and Ford certainly didn't know anything about. Um, and yes, yeah, she manages to get this thing to come out of the ground and they descend into it. And this room has um, a whole lot of creepy shit happening in it, but I'll, I'll be honest, uh, disconcerting is a word that came to mind.
0: Yeah, we've got, uh, first of all, it requires a DNA scan to get mm-hmm. into this joint. And so Bernard passes the DNA scan. Worth noting, cause it lo- he has a moment of panic of like, is this gonna fucking out me as a secret robot? And mm-hmm. it doesn't. And so they go into this facility where we now have, uh, what are called host droids. Yeah. <laughs> Which are just faceless versions of the hosts yeah. that are doing some secret work and shit down here. So, yeah,
1: their secret work is they are taking hosts from the park, bringing them down, medically removing their brain cube thing that we saw earlier on, downloading all the data from it. Uh, and you would imagine replacing them and then returning the hosts. But this is, it, it appears to be not only like the memories of the host just in general of what they've been doing in our program and stuff, but it's also what the guests have done with them, which to me, I was like, that is this like an elaborate blackmail scheme? You know what I mean? Is this what the... Are they, are they, the Is this the... <laughs> is this, like, are the hosts Facebook right now? <laughs> like, insidiously capturing data and all these people to be uploaded to Delos so they can be advertised things from Amazon that they don't want? <laughs> Sure, <laughs> like, probably. Because that's like what, what he says. He's like, that. are you taking the memories of the hosts and their interactions with the guests and uploading? And Hale won't answer. She's like, that. can't answer any of these questions. Don't need to know. Um, well, she does tell him, like,
0: okay, you know, the gig is that we were supposed to deliver... This host to, um, well, she, she's like doing this communication panel bullshit. Yeah, she's asking for yeah, she's asking
1: for reinforcements, and it says reinforcements can't arrive until the package is delivered. Not not reinforcements, yeah, direction. Yeah. She's like, get me the <laughs> fuck like, out of like, here. <laughs> Check, please. Um.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> like, and and they're like, no, we don't have the package. If we don't have the package, you, we're not sending nobody. And the package, it turns out, was a host.
1: She doesn't know how to find this host, Uh, and that's where Bernard comes in handy.
0: Well, kind of, sorta, because Bernard's not having a great way of things. He banged his Um, head
1: when he was in the when he was in the what do you call it in the barn, and this kind of clear fluid kind of trickled out the side of his head. Um, and it wasn't blood, and I was like, "That where's this cleared fluid f- coming from?" And it turns out that that is actually a thing in the host that we didn't know about as well. So once again, we're kind of expanding some of the mythology um, in the season, but not in a way which feels like, "Oh well, this is you know, oh of course." I, I yeah. kind of felt like we didn't know everything about the host before, so that's cool.
0: Right, and it, it's not crazy. It, it's the, hey, they got some brain juice. What keeps their core cooler? Yeah, whatever. And I mean, they don't go out of their way to explain it, but he's having, like, he has this self-diagnosis where it's like, Hey, you're about yeah, to. It's 70, 72 like, minutes or something to everything's breaking like, down. you
1: have 72 minutes. Like- 0.72 yeah, it's just- hours. Yeah. And
0: it's like, yeah, that ain't long. <laughs> and so while Charlotte is, uh, changing clothes, Bernard, it like takes this big needle and jabs it into the ho, uh, the, this hose that's sitting on a, uh, table and, sucks out some of that cranial fluid mm-hmm. or whatever and then jabs it into his head and and plunges it in so that he doesn't fucking die and out himself as a secret robot by dying as a secret yep. robot. <laughs> and then uh so he says there's what's called a mesh network where all the hosts have this kind of low frequency ping that they do of mm-hmm. one another. And, and he says it so that, they, uh, they don't interfere with each other's narratives. But it also lets them know where they can identify the host. And he says, so who is the host that we're supposed to be smuggling out of here? And she says, well, it's, uh, Peter Abernathy, which, uh, you may recall is Dolores' ah,
1: father. Ah, so the picture came up and I was like, that, I know your face, but I can't picture who you were in the previous season? That makes a lot of sense now.
0: That's my father. <laughs> um, and 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 so now they're in pursuit of Dolores's yep. father, who definitely showed signs of sentience. Was he a coal miner? In so.
1: Come home, sticking a lane? We we
0: all right. We may need to stop that. <laughs> um, and oh, also worth mentioning, there is a scene in between the ones we were talking about with, uh, with, with Charlotte and, uh, Bernard where, um, Maeve, uh, or Lee, Lee and Maeve are in a hallway and some security folks show yep.
1: up. That's a great scene, actually. This is fucking great. <laughs> She's like, follow it's, my it's she's real like fun. follow my lead. And she's like, oh, thank God you're here. The lights went out. And you know, what's going on? Will someone tell them They're like the host are people. She's like, really? Lee's <laughs> like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. And kicks her gun away, the one that she she's been wielding. Um, <laughs> like kicks that away. And then Lee in, in full Prol Riser mode is like, huh, yeah. Some of the guests might even be dressed up. To or some of the hosts might even be dressed up to look like guests, huh? And is given like yeah, a little the, the, eye yeah. dart to her,
1: <laughs> it's so good.
0: Um, but yeah, and Maeve kind of knows this is like the yeah,
1: fuck? but there's cowboys yeah. arrive just in time,
0: yeah. And and so they get in that firefight, and Maeve joins the side uh, of the hosts, obviously, and helps uh kill all the guards. And then is like, were you trying to turn me in just no, then?
1: No, I would, I would never do that.
0: And he was like, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, Mave. I mean, I told you I was going to help you find your kid. What? That's so stupid that you would think that. Yes. Is it me? Is, that, is some I did?
1: Yes, um, it's me. I guarantee it. Would I lie?
0: <laughs> so, so Mave is like, look, we got to get reinforcements. Uh, and and they go up to sort of like the. Rooftop pool or whatever, where there are a bunch of other fucking Lots dead, dead bodies. bodies, and all, and also, <laughs> yeah, Hector. Hector, you welcome back to the show, Hector, and Mave gives him a big old smack, and and if you don't recall, listeners, Hector is the the bandito that Mave kind of turned on to the idea of like, hey, we're not we're we're not in this world of the old mm-hmm. west. Like we're just kind of the puppets on a string. And um so she basically enlists him also in in help finding yeah. her daughter. So Duncan, we move from uh Maeve and, and Lee and Hector uh once more to Bill. And he runs into
1: Jim Henson's fourth baby. <laughs> I love this scene, by the way. Absolutely love this scene, um, because he arrives at a, like what was at one point a small campfire trip. Who uh, are all dead, and he gets off the horse, like walks across, lifts up their canteen, drinks their water, walks across to the fire. There's some cooked food hung over the the the, the, the ambers that are left there. Just starts munching down on that because he like yeah it's, this is his the thing about it is like you watch this I'm thinking to myself this is his world now. So once again, he's he's not really changed who he is at all. He's almost used the the previous thirty years of coming to this park as conditioning for this. So he's still just as much a deck and a you know just little shop and eat a dead body's food and you know use their water and all the rest like survivalist and all the rest. And then of course a young lad comes up um, and starts a conversation. And at first I was like that. Oh, that, yeah. That's Ford's kid, or that. But then we realised really, really quickly. I think in about the second sentence he says, where they overlay what sounded like Anthony Hopkins' voice, um, and there with some other digital effects. The voice of Ford speaking to him like instantly starts calling him William, um, and of course, you know, he's like straight away. Uh, the man in black knows exactly who he's talking to, um, and they have this little titter tit, uh about him getting what he wants. Well, you know what, you know, he got what he wanted, and he gave him it, and all the rest. And it builds up to this really interesting crescendo in the conversation where we find that, that along with the, the Dolores storyline that we have, and the, the, the Maeve storyline that we have there, and the uh, Delos storyline that we're going to have as well, and the fact that it is confirmed that indeed uh, Ed Harris got to the center of the maze. Um, turns out Ford, when he was doing everything he was doing, he he also became Jigsaw. <laughs> it's like that. Or play a game because um, right. yeah, he has set in motion from that point onwards a very special game uh, for the man in black, uh, and it seems quite a simple game, Bo. Really, all he has to do is get from where he is now to where he started, um, and nothing bad will happen. Surely everything will be okay. There'll be no traps and puzzles, or or hosts trying to kill him, and you know massive sw- swarms or anything like that. It should be all straight, plain sailing. Surely, surely. Um, but he, well, and he's
0: like, look. Uh, you know, I I won your first game, and if if there's this other game, quit talking in fucking riddles and just tell me where I need to go. And the kid says, or you know, Ford says through the kid, he's like, you don't you don't have to go looking for
1: it; the game will yeah. find you. And
0: and then he says, well, then what do I? Need which to is do?
1: A, yeah, which like once again, classic Man in Black. Um, and then he shoots the little kid right in the fucking face. Sure does, and.
0: We're even treated to uh, a pretty cool scene, uh, or a pretty cool shot of this kid laying with half his face uh, blown, blown mm-hmm. the fuck off. Uh, and yeah, gotta gotta appreciate the uh, the man in black for nothing else if yeah. not.
1: Now, as the like, the question is that clearly Ford managed to right, has Ford. We we hypothesized that maybe Ford would upload his he become a ghost in the shell, essentially, right? Upload his consciousness into there and maybe be reborn, uh, very similar to uh, Bernard. Um, you know, would he do that? Or is this just a one-off? Is this the final nod of the Ford character? I don't know. Um, part of me wants to think it would be great if this is the final nod. I don't know how interested I'll be if... Ford keeps appearing through different creatures, like you know, different you know like animals or people throughout this show, as like a kind of oh well, you're halfway through your journey, Man in Black. Like, you know, I I don't know, yeah, I don't know right. if I can be bothered with that. I kind of like this.
0: So I <laughs> I see you decided on Dietola. right <laughs> like... like, what are you doing here? Why are you watching yeah, me I all don't... the time? Turns out I have <laughs> yeah, little to do. I
1: don't... One day you're writing a whole park, the next day you're playing a game. <laughs> I <It's> like...
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm a computer, Bernard, I can do it in a second. <laughs> i I've written 300 years of storylines for mm-hmm. these books. I've
1: masturbated
0: a million <laughs> times since we began talking.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's, to me, it's like, that. I kind of hope, because I, I love the way the Ford character exited in the previous season um, but he never really it, it did seem like he was given the you know the man in black everything he ever wanted and I love this like touch nod to the previous season uh, and you'll carry him to this one with this idea of well I'm giving you what you wanted however um, and giving you what you wanted. I'm going to, yeah, you're not just getting the hostess, at, you know, being able to kill humans. But I purposely designed the one thing you kept bugging me for was you wanted the game to be more interesting, more real, and all the rest. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You wish hard enough for something, you will get it, and now you're going to live it. And you don't have to worry about going here, there, everywhere. I've designed it so it's going to come for you. Um, so now, in order for you to complete this game, you have to get out the park. Um, and that's everything that the man in blacks wanted but at the same time um i don't think ford is going to make it easy for him at all so yeah well is it, this is or
0: or is it even up to ford at a certain point because if he you know this is a kind of a clockmaker theory of this where he you know in, at least in terms of william is, is like well i'm going to i'm going to set this in motion where now you're facing these things with yeah. Sineans who are now hunting you, actively hunting mm-hmm. you. And so if that's the case, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm wiping my hands of this and whatever happens, happens. And because there's part of me that's like, well, I wonder, is he doing this or is this set up for William's benefit? And if so, why? If, if not vengeance, but what is, I, I don't know that he needs necessarily to avenge
1: him Yeah, but I'm now thinking I'm now thinking that the one thing we learned about the previous season is like Ford is a big picture sort of guy, right? Like he's looking at the the, the big big picture and what he tended to do in the previous season very much like a like a master chess player is that you move certain pieces as a distraction in order for you to play at your real game. You have people concentrating over here. So the whole storyline with Mav basically was distraction because everything that was happening with her allowed him to, you know, kind of go ahead with his terraform and, and specifically do the work he was doing with Dolores, right? And that went under the radar because people were paying so much attention to the Mav thing. Um, so you've got to think, is this, you know... Is this a way to keep William occupied while Dolores continues doing what she's doing, which is a path that she's been set on by Ford? You know what I mean. I I I get this feeling that he is maybe you know he's maybe giving them this game to do to just keep him out the fucking way. from um, what? Because like William is a danger to a Ford plan because he's capable. He's, you know, resourceful um, and he's, you know, he's relentless as well. So not necessarily the sort of person you want going up against Dolores, uh, who is very much the same. Um, So maybe if he keeps him occupied, whatever he has planned or whatever he kicked off with Johnny into the night can proceed without the fear of being interrupted by William.
0: Yeah, maybe. I, I'm curious how this unfolds. I, I think if at the end of the day, like he just did it to do it, I don't know that that's a I'm satisfying you. answer. And I think it's something that needs to be addressed. I
1: think so as well. I also like the idea, like I said before, there are certain things I really liked about the way season one finished and the, how they wrapped up and stuff, but there are certain things that I've, I felt coming into season two that I was going to miss. And one was this idea of, well, you know, William got to the end of the rainbow, so to speak, and that's the, you know, the mystery over. And no, it's not. We've got a brand new mystery for him to, to carry on now. I'm kind of cool with that because that was some of the bits that I really enjoyed was was the the idea of William with purpose trying to achieve something eh, against what he saw were were odds which were not risky for him because they couldn't kill him. But now in this season, it's the same idea, but now it's deadly. You know, everything is potential death for him. So kind of love that. I, I like the way they're setting that up. and. Like I say, my only reservation is I hope we don't get, you know, lots of of Ford bought um, throughout this because that to me I'll it, just I'll get old really quick and, and you know I I just like the way that they've now closed off that character. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Maeve uh,
0: repairs mm-hmm. Hector uh, and and makes Lee straight. <laughs> yep.
1: God bless. God bless this show. I think we joked, maybe we didn't joke before, but we had mentioned that, you know, Westworld was one of the shows that I prominently noticed was not afraid to show quite a bit of the female form. And I think we did see some dong, uh, maybe on cadavers lying on tables before. But in this episode, we see no naked women at all. Uh, But what we do get to see is uh, Lee's dick like
0: yeah and it turns out he is uncircumcised uh i had not noticed that, that i mean I, I suppose it, that, like it's, from american point of view that's just something you look for and um, from a, it just struck me as a point of interest is all it just struck um, me as
1: looking normal <laughs> i was like
0: i was like oh yeah he didn't get cut well done
1: yeah um, the camera lingers on it for a good five seconds it's,
0: yeah, it's pretty funny. And I think the scene is almost just that of just like, you know, partly it's, it's me asserting her power and control. And it's also the show in a more meta way of being like, yeah, 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 look, here's some dick to you. And
1: what I also liked about it as well is he becomes very aware that she's like, could be potentially ogling him. Um, and she just turns away straight away. And then he's kind of left standing like a bit of a dick. with his dick out that no one's interested that he's naked at all um and he is rocking out with his cock out yeah and he picks up the because he she's basically said you know um you've written all these parts now it's time that you actually play the part so she's making him dress up like one of the characters and they're going in to get the kid um and that's the last we see of maven this episode if i'm right
0: uh, yeah, I believe that is the case. So we will check back in with Maeve in episode two uh, of season two. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to head back to Dolores and Teddy, um, uh, and he's just like, "You are so pretty," uh, and uh, and so they're they're out kind of riding, and they they're having a discussion about you know, sort of the future of like, you know, what, what is their plan mm-hmm. and that he just wants to go somewhere where they can live alone and be happy. And uh Dolores says, you know, they they'll never leave us alone. They're always going to be hunting us and we can't just content ourselves with this world because they'll never let us have it. And so the only way that this ends well for us is if we take not only this world, but theirs. Yeah. And that's the part where I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> is this going to be like, we need to make a bunch of sentient hosts and we are going to conquer the world? Because I am down Westworld, let's do that shit.
1: <laughs> I don't think we're going to get that. So thought it'd be the, the balloon buster there. Um, I think that her mission is obviously world dominance. I just don't think we're gonna well maybe not until the very end of the very end of the very end of the show. Um I, I my early prediction is
0: that this whole season is about getting out of the park mm-hmm. and that season three that that the end of season two is them going into the real world. Such uh-huh. as
1: Early, early bowl prediction here. My prediction is that at the end of the season we will still very much be in the park. Well, one
0: of us will be a hundred percent right, <laughs> and the other will be Duncan. I, th- um, I think. I
1: think there's. I think there is like huge scope for Westworld in terms of how many seasons that they actually want to do. Um, and I think they're peaking too early. If they get to out the park at the end of this season, I imagine more uh, Season three, season four, end of um to get there. We shall see, sir. <laughs> Shots fired. Um love it. But, uh, so, but yeah. the but and Teddy says, like, hey,
0: um, you know, Dolores is again giving him the head trip of like, Don't you worry your pretty little head about it, Teddy. <laughs> Dolores has it all worked out, Dr. Lecter. Um <laughs> I I can see the future. And he's like, What <laughs> What are you?
1: <laughs> what's gonna happen to us? You come in and, here with your cheap horse, um. <laughs> <laughs> with his cheap
0: shoes, <laughs> and uh, but Dolores is, says, like you know, at the end of all of this, what I see is you and I, titty. What I see is you and I, Teddy, yeah. and, and you know, we'll see what that means.
1: <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, so we will see, Bo, because we this is the point where we jump to the future. Well, to the present, which is the future, technically.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we go through. Now we're with Strand again, and we're rolling through the center of town uh-huh. to you know, like where the massacre went down. And, and bodies find-
1: all be gnarly at this point. So this is how you know sizable time has passed because we were there earlier on when the man in black got out and bodies look fresh. Now they be looking like stunt doubles from the walking dead.
0: Yeah. And in fact, we find Ford's body and roll him over and half his face is all ed up with maggots. Mm-hmm. That ain't bad. No, <laughs> that's, that's pretty rocking. Um, <laughs> And so, as they continue their journey near the, they they go to the the shore of a a lake or a sea that they did not know existed.
1: Yeah, I I think that's what the the point that's put forward from Stubbs is that there is no way that Ford could have created this massive lake or sea um, as part of his terraforming project without people knowing about it. And um, Bernard concurs. There's no way it could happen. Uh, but they'd already done some tracking uh, as the park systems come back online and one of them said that there was an abnormal amount of hosts all congregated in this area which they've now arrived at and it's not what you think though. Like, so I was thinking maybe all the hosts are there together to hear like a rallying speech by maybe Dolores telling them that you know, they may take our lives but they'll never take our something. Um, but that, not familiar, yeah, not familiar uh, but that's not that's not the case at all. in fact, what is the case is that there are hundreds upon hundreds of dead hosts and uh, not only scattered around the the banks <clears throat> of this body of water but also in the water itself um And, of course, what the fuck's going on here? And the man in charge, the the Dallas guy, basically says to, you know, like, is any of this jogging any, like, well, basically, we're walking through just streets of death, rivers of blood. Um, Is any of this jogging any memory with you? Do you know what happened here? Um, And we get something very telling from Bernard. Yeah, he says, I think I killed all of them, sir. I think and now one of those flash sequences at the start of the episode was the very man holding a machine gun going say hello to my little friend. Um could this be this scene, bo? And if it is this scene, then that means that that sequence at the start is actually at the end. Indeed. <laughs> like the, the head from scanners. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: weow, 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 weow. Weow! <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. And, and one of the faces in the water I thought was Teddy. That's what I thought as well. I thought it was yeah. either Teddy or it was Lee. And now that you've said that, I think it might be Teddy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think maybe so. And, and there's no way to tell and no one will ever be able to check. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of, uh, these episode or the uh, season two premiere of uh, Westworld. Uh, Duncan, uh, w- what did you think of it? And also, what lingering questions? I mean, there this show is nothing but questions. But what new questions are you most intrigued by?
1: Well, the one thing we never touched on um, was that uh, when they're walking through, when the the company men are walking through the park, they see the body of a dead tiger. Um and they say that,
0: that Oh right, the Bengal Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. say
1: that's from park six. Right, so I'm like, what number is Westworld? Like, let's say Westworld is park number one. Uh we have a minimum of five other parks. Um, and they must all be located on roughly the same island if they made the the kind of they've crossed into. And they say this is the first time this has happened. Um now we already know from our uh, kind of preview things that have been popping all over the net uh, and the are up to the show that we will be going to Shogun it at some point. So we are going to Shogun World at some point, whether that's actually being in that park or that park making its way over here, uh, that will be happening at some point in this season. So the fact that the you have know, numbered six parks though is what's kind of has sparked my interest um more than any is that and the, the, there's also another there's a there's a conversation when referring to Stubbs that Stubbs oversaw the biggest loss of life on a Delos facility. So I'm like right, right so let's assume that this park is one facility and it has six parks within it right um and on a space station, yes. On a space station, controlled by more people. Um, if we take all that in account and there's more than one Dallas facility, what does that actually mean? Like, how, how big are we talking? We're talking about world building here at the moment. How big does that actually go? And what what does that mean for the show? It's is expanding universe... Uh, and mythology so that's, that's very much kind of uh, those sort of things sprung out to me um, the things I was most interested about was once again the fact that the show is just playing with timelines, I love that shit uh, give me that any day of the week I will be happy, I love that it looks like the 10 episode season arc is going to cover approximately between 10 and 12 days from the incident of Of what happened to Ford, uh, which might mean you know a twenty-four hour cycle for each episode, which I wouldn't necessarily intersplice with what's happening currently, which I'd be totally down with as well. I'm really interested about the fact they're going to be doing more stuff of William when he's younger, so I want to think that that's filling in more of the blanks of what happened after you know we had that reveal that you know young william was essentially the man in black and because we never returned to that character after that i get the feeling that 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 pivot point for him was just the beginning of a whole litany of heinous things that character's done in the last like 30 years and if we're going to revisit some of the highlight reels for that i am totally in for that because it allows you to play with you know um sentence before the sentience of the the hosts um it allows things to get really fucking bloody with just n- no characters at all or characters that we have currently that are in different incarnations of their you know their kind of character arc so yeah i'm really interested about that as well and obviously the to me one of the other things is what the fuck is going on with delos you know like like the previous season it spent all this time about removing these people that were in charge of the facility, the the liaison people, because they were trying some secret plan to harvest information to get out, which looks like it was already happening anyway, by Hale. So who is hailing this this kind of chart of like organizational chart? And if they were already doing it, then why was it such a big issue in the first season? So, what about yourself? What, like, anything I have missed which was, like, a kind of, well, I can't wait for us to go there or I hope we're going to do this.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought there was plenty of uh fun fan service scenes, like, you know, William finding the black hat and putting it on and all that stuff. It's just, like, you don't have to do that, but I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I think the character Ali, Lee, which I haven't been really on board for, uh, was more fun in this episode than in any episode he's he's been in. Yeah,
1: I love that. I love this idea of him being the kind of whipping boy, so to speak, um, of of this season alone. With me, I think the the combination of those two actors, like they just there was a real good chemistry with them. Where I was like yeah, I could watch more scenes of these people. Um, you know, like through like, I, I'm happy he's joining for the time being in this story arc because he's a slimy character. I don't really like him, um, and I really like Maeve. I think she's a fucking great character, but there he's, he's tolerable in a way where I can kind of laugh and kind of get behind it. Um, and he's getting a bit of his comeuppance in their journey together. So I, you know, kind of down with that, though. I quite like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and and also, you know, one of the things I love so much about the first season is that it's all about uh, robots gaining sentience and and um, trying to a- assert themselves as independent beings. And I just like stories about that. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, and the fact that it's now taken the turn to okay, not only are we sentient, but every human we see, we need to fucking
1: murder. <laughs> also on board for that uh, another another cool thing worth touching on is that obviously uh, unlike the previous season they have bulk sent out episodes to certain review sites I think like maybe up to episode 5 has been seen by some I I think I read somewhere that like the whole season has been digested by some of the bigger publications and word on the street um is that this season is phenomenal. So a lot to be excited about there. You know, I've not read anything remotely with spoilers, but I've not read anything where it's like that, well, you know, it kind of shits the bed after two or three episodes, or, you know, eh, it overstays its welcome, labour on certain points, whatever. Genuinely, everything I've read is like that, yeah, this this is what you want on your TV, this is what you want to be watching this year. So... Um, very much excited about that. We're one down, nine to go, Bo. Yeah, I'm very excited
0: about uh, where it goes from here. I think there's some intriguing stuff in the in the setup, and uh, yeah, I'm down. I like it. I like it. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, get the fuck out of here, Duncan?
1: Just how excited I am to be back doing. Uh, Westworld, I really am looking forward to To we, we started getting a bit kind of into the funny kind of Duncan and Bull rhythm uh, on this one, I can't guarantee there's going to be much of that this season I, but what I can guarantee is infectious conversation about two people loving a story or maybe kind of going cold on a story in certain bits you know we're, you you've, this to me is this is what TV is all about. This is like, had you told me five years ago, we were going to have this massive, you know, $10 million per episode, science fiction show, which was going to blend elements of fucking Jurassic Park and, you know, Wild West stories and, you know, future sci-fi stuff and altogether i would have laughed at you I would have said that sounds like a fucking horrible idea and just the way we tell stories and the budget and the interest has got to such a stage now that this show is possible and i could not be happier um i hope that we are made feel horrible uncomfortable we laugh cry smile uh cry for you not for me obviously um smile and End up with more questions at the i What I want is like halfway through this season to be sitting there going, Bo, I now have 75 questions. Um, <laughs> this season is gone and it, it feels overwhelming, but guess what? I, I'm just going with it. I just want to continue going with it. And if they don't answer them all, fuck it. Yeah, there, there is
0: an element of I'm enjoying this journey enough and, and this show is doing enough for me that I'm, I'm okay if not every loose end is tied up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we can expect that for a show this audacious, but we'll see. Um, at any rate, yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, folks, if you want to hear more, uh, from us, you can head over to thelegionpodcasts.com uh, where you can find all the stuff that I do, uh, such as uh, the Shotcast about video games and Devour the Podcast and Hero Hero Ghost Show. Uh, you can also listen to more of Duncan over at uh on Twitter at tputscast, and on the Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputscast.
1: Did I get anything wrong? You did all that expertly and saved me the breath of doing it. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I I try to wrap her up here,
0: Duncan. Shut up. Um, (laughs) Everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for sticking around. And I, for one, am incredibly excited uh, to see what this journey through Westworld season two holds. And I hope you come back for more. If you would, uh, if you're enjoying the show, rate and review on the uh, podcast uh, application of your choice.
1: It certainly helps a lot.
0: Um I guess that is it,
1: Duncan. I think we're done. I think we are as well. I, I tell you, feels good to be back doing these shows, and I think we made that one under three hours.
0: I'll be damned. You're right. It's only two and a half. <laughs> we're getting efficient.
1: Oh. Say good night, Duncan. Good night, Duncan. Bye.